right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. <laughs> Happy Monday to you. That's right. Woo, the first Monday in the month of November. All right, all right. What, what, can you ask for anything better? Welcome, y'all, to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk. And today's show is like any other show. Hey, we have a lot to talk about. Oh, man, do we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I'm telling you. I came up with so much to talk about over the weekend, I've got to even put some of it in the description as far as what we will be talking about. And I don't even know if we're going to get to it all. Usually we don't. We do and we don't. But if we don't, we just move it on to the next show. <laughs> I mean, that's just how much it is, man, we have to talk about. And um, I'm glad you can make it. Because you can listen to me, that means you're alive. And you know, anytime you're alive, it's always a good thing, right? Of course it is. All right, once again, I'm your host, Mr. Talk, and we're going to get on today. Um, Let's see. What do I want to do first? Okay, let me tell you how you can be a part of the show, because I always love love this part, because I love hearing from each and every one of you. If you listen to the, to the show Friday, man, we had a very spirited, spirited conversation. You can't ask for anything better than that. Everybody has some good points. We even learned about black farmers getting some money back. And, oh, man, it was some good stuff going on. You know what I mean? So, anyway, you want to be a part of the show today? No problem. You can call me at 347-838-8622. Press the number one on your keypad. I see you. You can talk to me personally, Mr. Talk. All right. You can also email me at ericlesstalk at gmail.com. You can stop by the web page, www.ericlesstalk.com. Uh, and there's the chat room, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Those are all the ways you can participate in the show. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. And for those that be listening later, thank you for listening. Um, if you ever have any ideas or suggestions during the show or even any facts you want to pass on during the show and you're just listening, you can always email it to me, you know, ericletstalk at gmail.com. Hey, I got it right here in front of me, so I see it when you send it, and I'll be more than happy to get it on the air if that's what you want me to do or use it during the conversation. All right, so those are all the ways we can, um, you can participate, and those are all the ways I forward, forward. Um, hearing um, what you have on your mind on this wonderful Monday, Monday afternoon. That's right. The sun is shining. I can tell you, man, it hasn't been that way too <laughs> much these last few days. All this rain and carrying on. Woo! I'm telling you, but it, it, it's good outside today. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, After the show, I'm going to put a poll question up in, in on my website. Uh, and I want to know what y'all think. Should women receiving child support um, be required to show receipts, detailed receipts, when they are requesting more money? That that should be interesting. <laughs> that should be an interesting thing. Now, I'm going to put that uh, up on the website after the show, and I want to know what y'all think about that. So go on there and make sure you get your vote in, and I'll let you know what the results are um, Friday. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's four days. Four days, yeah. So that would be a good thing. All right. So now that we've gone through that, uh, man, I tell you, 
I don't know. Allergies trying to kick in already. I haven't even started. All right, in the chat room, I say I got guests six, nine, zero, and seven, two, five. All right, thank y'all for joining us. I'm glad to see you here. All right, first thing we're going to talk about, you know, usually start off with a little, little, many, 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 many things, and then we go get to the big, big bomb topics that, you know, we want to talk, really, really want to get into. Okay, um, Russell Simmons, Russell Simmons. Yeah, Russell Simmons to create, actually, Russell Simmons creating fund to help victims of rush card glitch. Now, this this thing, this rush card has been around, who man, forever now, basically, I mean, for some years. And you know that little card that you used to see advertised on BET. I don't know if it's still advertised on BET, because BET, I really don't watch BET like that anymore. Uh, but, you know, it's basically a debit card where you can have your money transferred to uh, deposit it on, especially for those that have, how can I say, less than perfect uh, uh, bank <laughs> credit, <laughs> or who got sucked into the banks with all those different fees that be taking your money, you living in overdraft, especially if you live in a military community, um, predatory lending, that's what I call it, because they have this thing called overdraft protection. And I'm telling you, if you know anybody, that, that has the overdraft protection, tell them to get rid of it. Unless you're just making enough money to, to, you know, make sure you can cover that because that overdraft protection is something terrible, man. It, it really is. And see, and in military communities, it's very interesting how they do this thing because they run these special promotions where if you open a bank account, uh, we give you $10 for opening, opening an account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what they failed to tell you is that at the end of that 30 days where they're giving you that $10, you haven't put anything else in there, you owing them $20. Because they didn't hit you with a, a, a fee, a, a account maintenance fee, <laughs> which puts you in overdraft, which they don't tell you you have. Then they hit you again with a $30 fee. So you see how, how they set and set and special our soldiers. They set our soldiers up so so pretty. I hate to say it like that, but they do. They set them up so easily. And soldiers have to really be aware and the consumer has to be aware of this predatory lending. I call it predatory lending because that's all it is. Because basically what they're saying is if you go over this account and you don't have it, we're going to loan you this amount of money. So if you go over the account, say $5. $5. Okay. That $5 is going to cost you Depending, depending on the bank, twenty five to thirty dollars. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, you already in a hole at least twenty five dollars. Now, say you have a hundred dollars overdraft, and you started going in and getting twenty, 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 and that's a thirty dollar fee every time you hit that twenty. Man, I'm telling you, and a lot of people, and I work for a call center, so I, I've seen it firsthand, especially our elderly, a lot of them end up living off the overdraft. Because Why? Because when their checks come in, the bank is the first thing the bank going to do is get their money off the top of it. And uh, <laughs> many of our seniors living just their Social Security checks, and by the time they hit the bank, that's gone because the overdraft has to eat all that up. So, you know, when you get these cards Besides looking at the interest rate, man, you really check out the bank, especially if it's a fee-based.
fees-based bank. A fees-based bank, that means they make their money off fees. In other words, they're going to charge you for everything you do. And as I mentioned before, especially, especially in military communities. But anyway, um, that's why uh, Richard Simmons basically came up with this rush card. See, I thought I forgot what I was talking about, didn't you? Nope. But anyway, apparently, um, earlier this month, there was a technical glitch, and it, it prevented thousands of rush card users from money being deposited on their cards. So they didn't get their pay, paychecks. Um, so what Russell Simmons decided to do, um, since that was their fault, um, they're creating a multi-million dollar fund to assist those who were impacted by the malfunction. Um, it says a lot of them started having problems over the Columbus Day weekend when the, the card was um, switched from one processing technology provider to another. Um, it says many cardholders have low incomes and live paycheck to paycheck, took to social media in mass to air their grievances. Federal regulators have said they are looking into what caused the issue, and at least one class action lawsuit has been already filed. The new fund will compensate those who incurred a financial penalty, such as losing a deposit on an apartment or being hit with a fee for a late rent payment. As a result of the card's technical, some customers were not able to access their funds for 10 days. This whole situation has been devastating for them, and we want to make sure they are made whole, Simmons told the Associated Press. So he realized there was a problem, and he realized the, the individuals that um, use his card. So he's trying to make right. He's trying to make right uh, right now. I guess that's to keep people from suing him. Um, but that goes back to, as I'm saying, he said himself, a lot of the card um, users or do a paycheck to paycheck. So, and that's how they get their money. <laughs> you know, that's how they get their money. You know, because a lot of them can't get regular bank accounts anymore. I mean, let's be honest. That's the truth. That's why they came up with it. Yes, he's a very rich man off of it, but at least he's trying to do something to correct it. <laughs> so, basically what I'm saying, if you are have a, a bank account or you make sure you check that bank that, that checking account real well because a lot of them say it's a checklist checking account yes yeah, a moneyless checking account too why i say that because they're taking your money <laughs> it's just that simple hey i was a soldier i know i was an nco i saw it happen firsthand Heck, it happened to me a couple of my first couple of years in so i know firsthand uh, what these banks do to you so that's what I'm saying, man. Make sure you, you're aware of what you're getting yourself into. Because they're not going to tell you. Oh, no, they're not going to tell you. If you don't ask, they're not telling you. <laughs> oh. And I also learned that from working um, at the call center. I told you I worked for the call center. I saw that as well. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's that's just crazy. That's crazy, but that's I'm glad he's trying to fix that. I really am. I'm glad he's trying to fix that. All right, next thing up. Um, Obama to announce executive action to ban the box. 
Uh, President Obama on Monday will announce a series, which he has announced already, a series of measures designed to reduce obstacles facing former prisoners reintegrating into society, including an executive action directing federal employers to delay asking questions about a job applicant's criminal history until later in the application process. Now, on the top, you know, this is like water. <laughs> you know, on the top, this looks so good. You know how you you look at the water, you be going somewhere, you look at the water, and on top, the water looks so nice and clean until you get underneath it, and it's all dirty. It's all dirty. And I'm going to explain why I say this is all dirty. Um, let's see. Where was the application process? Civil rights activists have urged Obama to propose the measure, noting that such questions can limit the ability for people with a criminal record to gain employment and get their lives back on track after prison. Advocates argue that those formerly in prison should be allowed to prove their qualifications for a job instead of being eliminated early in the process due to their criminal background. Obama will also announce other initiatives designed to improve rehabilitation and reentry for former inmates, including education and housing grants, as well as partnerships between local municipalities and private companies that will provide jobs and training in technology. He will also propose more funding for legal aid programs and policies to reduce the legal hurdles for former prisoners applying for public housing, a process which also uses the applicant's criminal history for a factor in determining eligibility. Uh, President Obama also has pledged to do more to address problems like mass incarceration, mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent offenders, and police brutality. Uh huh. And this summer, he became the first sitting president to visit a federal prison. Now, as I mentioned before, on the top of this, this sounds like a great plan, doesn't it? Oh my! Especially since, um, I think the, the, the this month, beginning this month, yeah, Sunday, they they released, they started releasing up to six thousand nonviolent criminals from prison, you know, who've been arrested on nonviolent crimes. Now, this sounds good, but see, what you have to pay attention to is the wording. Just like if, we, if you're taking an exam, you know, sometimes uh, um, instructors, you know, they word things just a little differently. So it looks good until you really read it and break it down. And you're like, no, that's not the right answer. And believe me, this is not the right answer. And this is why I'm going to tell you it's not the right answer. Y'all may not agree with me, but here it is. Now, I'm going to read this first this first paragraph again. See if y'all catch it. President Barack Obama on Monday will announce a series of measures designed to reduce obstacles facing former prisoners in reintegrating into society, including an executive order directing federal employers to delay asking questions about a job applicant's criminal history until later in the application process. Now, <laughs> did you catch that? Those one, two, three, four, the last five words. Until later in the application process. 
So on the top, if you just skim over, they're like, oh, yeah, that, that that's a good program. But, see, here's the thing. They're not stopping. He's not stopping the question from being asked. He's just stopping it until later in the process, which, in other words, you know, a company can temporarily hire you pending the completion of a background check. And here's another key to it, directing federal employers. Federal. Did they say anything about, you know, contractors or, you know, anybody else that's not under federal um, guidelines? Federal employers. So even though this looks great, this ain't. It, it's, um, how can we say it? It's um, a, 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 a veil. It's a veil. It sounds good. But it's really not about nothing. <laughs> it's about nothing. And here's the way I see it. Okay, with many black black activists and things uh, um, saying, let's do about mass incarceration. Let's do something about police brutality. Okay, it's a lot like the Emancipation Proclamation. Okay. It's a farce. <laughs> and there's no other way to put it. It's a farce. It's a farce. So he's um, doing this executive order, but it's not really helping, not, not the black folk anyway. It's not. Because later on, after the back trick comes and what have you, if if, they, 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 if they're not a federal employee or employer, they can ask you, ask you the question right off the bat. So who is this really helping? Nah, nobody. Whitewash. Gonna throw that to the pile too. Sounds good on top, but it's not about nothing in reality. I'm just putting it out there, man. Y'all, y'all have to agree with me. I'm just putting it out there. Um, <laughs> here's something else that's interesting. Donald Trump released a plan on Saturday aimed at overhauling the Department of Veterans Affairs and improving veterans' health care and employment services. Um, eligible veterans would be able to bring their veterans' identification cards to any private doctor or facility that accepts Medicare and to be able to receive immediate treatment. The change, he said, would help improve wait times and services by adding competition. The plan will ensure our veterans get the care they need whenever and wherever they need it. Well, Mr. Trump, I have a problem with this. Number one, the plan you're talking about right now is already in effect. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's already in effect. So who is he fooling with this this, this nonsense? And I'm going to tell you, I'm a veteran, and we have cars right now to where we live so many miles away from a, 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 a VA facility. We can, upon VA approval, Go to a select uh, our selected doctor and see who we want to see. So he's not saying anything that's not already in action. And here's the interesting part: he still thinks who's going to be paying for all this? Is this is is that outside the box? Uh, um, payment is going to be have to be taken up by um, the veteran, and the veteran have to be reimbursed. And we know the government don't reimburse nothing in time, on time. We know it's already right. So who's going to be paying for this? And you talking about this is your plan. Well, the plan is already in effect. 
So Donald Trump, I don't know who you think you're fooling, but you're not helping the veterans at all. We already have that in, in place. It's already in place. Okay. Um, the plan also would increase funding for treating post-traumatic stress disorder and suicide prevention, as well as provide additional job training and placement. Trump also focused on providing better support for female veterans, including improved health services. Once again, this sounds good. You know, it's about on, uh, on, the, on the level as, as Obama and this this um, <laughs> this federal don't ask about your criminal history thing early in the process of hiring, hiring process. Whitewash, y'all. Whitewash. Whitewash. Okay? Don't know. It, it's so, and y'all say, if it's why, why are you reading it, Mr. Talk? I'm reading it because I want you to understand that how double talk, how how these individuals double talk and make it sound good, and you think you're finna get in some nice, clear, blue, green water until you get in it and you sink to the bottom and it's nothing but murky and, and full of trash. <laughs> okay, speaking of trash, newly selected House Speaker Paul Ryan chance of comprehensive immigration reform during the first year, the final year of President Obama's term. Because he said that the president has proven himself to be untrustworthy on the issue of immigration. <laughs> yeah, y'all. You see where it's going already with Ryan. You see where it's already going. Um, he, so, he also wanted to say when asked about conservative critics who believe Ryan would be willing to work with a Democratic president on immigration reform in 2017, he replied, I was elected Speaker of the House to unify the Republican Congress, not to disunify the Republican Congress. This means my job is to lead us to consensus and to, on big controversial issues, operate on that consensus. So, He's already telling you what is what what he's gonna be about. All right, strict Republicans. If nothing, I mean, we ain't trying to compromise. We ain't compromise too much. This, you know, uh, um, besides the, the 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 executive orders, we already know this is the least productive Congress in the history of the United States. And uh, don't look forward to change. Okay, not longer Ryan is. And you know what? Something else is interesting. I know some of y'all are like, huh? Now, he's taking over Boehner's office, and he's complaining about the smell of smoke in there. I'm sorry. I I, kind of think a little bit more into stuff. But my thing is, he acts like this is his first time being in the office. So you mean to tell me he ever went into the office to sit down and talk to Boehner? They're making this big push that, well, Paul Ryan is one of the few senators that sleeps in his office. Because he believes his family, he has to have his family time. I'm not knocking his family time. I'm not. But my thing is, you should already know it smells like smoke. If you've been in there talking to Boehner any time since he's been a speaker. So once again, he's making something big out of nothing. Whitewash, y'all. Whitewash. So I'm just saying that, hey, those are little minor things that I thought I'd bring to your attention today, uh, being that it is Monday. You know, well... Uh, <laughs> You know, and it's just whitewashed. It's interesting how they word certain phrases and and things to make you sound like they're really doing a whole lot for you, when in reality, they're doing nothing. 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 
just making it sound good, just sound good. So, as I mentioned before, those are all little um, <laughs> initial things, initial things that I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, now it's time for the song of the day. And you know what, man, I got a good one. We're going to take you back a little bit to when popping and locking was going on. And, you know, you had the break dancing and all the other craziness that I could never do. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, without further ado, man, it's your song of the day, Electric Kingdom. Enjoy. i see y'all in about four minutes.
All right, all right. That was your song for the day, Electric Kingdom. Yeah, boy. Hey, took me back a little bit. Then, boy, I was up here doing the thing. Y'all should have seen me, boy. I had the whole stupid arms going and everything. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna tell y'all that anymore. All right, don't tell nobody else. All right, welcome back to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mister Talk, and uh, <laughs> I could help y'all. This Monday, man, and that just had me just doing dang on thing. But anyway, <laughs> welcome back to the show, man. I tell you, um, if you want to be a part of the show, you want to comment on uh, anything we talk about today. Uh, just give us a call at 347-838-8622. Email me, ericletstalk at gmail.com. Join us in our chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. And don't forget the website, www.ericletstalk.com. That's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Y'all, I'm hyped now. I'm sorry. I done got all hyped up and stuff. All right, let me get these shout-outs real fast. Chat room, we got Duboo One the house. Get 690-72578, Trey. And then we got Tootie Fruity in the house. All right. Thank y'all for joining, man. I'm glad y'all here with me. Uh, <laughs> Michigan on the switchboard. We got the... the Famous triple ones. <laughs> I got man. I tell you, I got to calm down. All right, but also I tell you, I got somebody in here, man, that always brings something real, 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 um, some real good information to the show. And of course, uh, in times he's here, I feel privileged to have him a part of the show. My one only co-host, Mr. Cloud Nation Radio. All right, what's going on, Cloud? How you doing today, sir? Oh man, doing good, man. We we in the ground running right out here in um in the East Coast, man. Trying to trying to continue to push forward with the the process of what I was telling you about the school and the walls, and um you know we've been working collectively in a variety of different regions. So currently we're working in Oakland, we're working in Detroit, we're working in Chicago, we're working in Baltimore, and, of course, we're working in Jersey. And so I'm excited, man, because we're we're going to touch about, so far we're touching about a 1,000 kids with, with teaching. We got Pan-Africanism. We got technology. We got computer coding. Um, we're working, collaborating with a lot of future teachers, college students who are in the process of working with legal people, people who will be lawyers. So it's it's exciting, man. We we combining a variety of different processes from group economics uh, to education to Pan Africanism uh, to civics education. And we we pulling all these experiences together, man, to really really do something, something special. So so it's it's a process, but but I'm excited. I'm actually um, at the office, so I'll be in and out today. I'm just giving you a forewarning because we got a couple of meetings with some some investors, so we can get some more some more money to to invest in our rich melanated folks. And uh, we 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 out here working, man. We working. All right, that's what I'm talking about right there, man. That's what I'm talking about out there, you know, in the mix. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, tell them send some of this way toward the show <laughs> so we can go live. No, I'm joking, man. 
<laughs> man, but you know what? Great, great, great. I'm glad to hear you out there doing the dang off thing. Uh, you know, uh, that's what we need. That's what we need. more, more um, of our young men out there handling business, doing, you know, making things happen. Uh, yeah, that's that's some great stuff, Cloud. I, I, I'm glad to hear it. You know, we have a, a men's group here where I am that meets every Tuesday morning, and uh, we're working on some projects ourselves. So, uh, you know, I'll be trying to post some of that on the uh, on the website for the show as well as bringing it to y'all here on the air. So that's great, man. I, I'm glad to see you doing that. You're going to handle your business. And, uh, hey, just let me know when you want to get in. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, just let me know when you want to get in, and then we can make some things happen. All right? Appreciate it. All right. All right, y'all, that was my co-host, the one and only Cloud Nation Radio, young man that's on the move. Got a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening. Hey, you can't beat that with a baseball bat. (laughs) That's right. I'm telling y'all, man, I'm hyped today for some unknown reason. I think that song had a little bit to do with it, but you know what? It's all right. I think I'm hyped just because I'm living. I'm I'm a I'm a proud black man living, trying to make a difference in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know you do. All right. So anyway, you know what, Clyde? I'm gonna leave your mic open. You're gonna mute yourself so whenever you want to get back in, I know. All right. Um. <sighs> Like I said, earlier today, earlier before we went to the song of the day, you know, we talked a little bit about Russell Simmons and his rush card. Um, we talked a little bit about President Obama announcing this executive action to ban um, federal employers from asking uh, um, asking questions about a job applicant's criminal history. Of course, like I said, that was farce because it said until later in the, app- the, the process, which means. It, they still gonna ask, and if they ain't, they're not a federal um, company hiring, you still gonna ask it. So that there's just a bunch of words on paper. Donald Trump talking about what he's gonna do for the veterans, a bunch of words on paper because it's already in effect. So he's not gonna change too much or nothing like that. Paul Ryan, we know he ain't trying to cooperate with nobody on nothing. If you're not a Republican, um, Tea Party or whatever. So okay, now, I caught you up real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you up real fast. All right. So now that we've caught up with that, let's get on with the main things I want to talk about. There's two things I really want to talk about today, um, and I'm sure y'all have y'all, you, my faithful listeners, are going to have a lot to say about both of these these um things these um items we're going to be talking about because they are really really interesting. All right. First thing. Why Milwaukee is the worst place to live for African Americans. <laughs> oh man. Here is why Milwaukee is the worst place to live for African Americans. And I'm gonna tell you straight up, if you watch CNN, I mean if you watch Fox and you watch any of those, you'd heard of Sheriff David Clark. Y'all know him? That's that black sheriff that always come on and taking the side of the European individual. Let me quit playing. Taking the side of white folk, especially when it comes to police brutality against black people. Hey, ain't no need to sugarcoating it, is it? Come on, let's be honest. There's no need to sugarcoating it. It is what it is, right? Right. Well, 
it just happens that he happens to be the sheriff in that county, uh, you know, in, in Milwaukee. So <laughs> does that surprise you at all? Um, new site earlier this month, 24-7 Wall Street, labeled Milwaukee as the worst place for African-Americans to live. It echoed a piece Milwaukee native Kenya Downs wrote for NPR back in March, which asked, why is Milwaukee so bad for black people? Uh, the article, you know, it pointed out a long history of racial segregation and discrimination. Um, and, uh, <laughs> of course, as I just mentioned, that's uh, where uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, who himself is an African-American. You know, y'all know, I, he's a black man, okay, in, in color anyway. As we like to say, he has melanated skin, but um, his views are not of that um. <laughs> ah, okay. Anyway, anyway, um, you know, and, and Sheriff Clark Clark has really, really been very, very negative toward, um, negative toward Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, when I say, and you know, he's called Black Lives Matter Black Slime. And says activists must be eradicated. Y'all hear me? Y'all hear what he said? That activists must be eradicated. Y'all know what eradicated means? Huh? <sighs> Gotten rid of, thrown away, just made to vanish. That's crazy, man. Uh, he also went on to say uh, not that Black Lives Matter activists should be eradicated from American society, but he basically called for Americans to use vigilante justice to execute this. <laughs> he also said Black Lives Matter protesters who he insists are one event away from becoming ISIS. That, that, that's what this, this, this black sheriff has said, that the Black Lives Movement is one event away from becoming ISIS. And before long, Black Lives Matter will join forces with ISIS to being to bring down our legal constituted constituted republic. I'm telling that's what this man has said. A black sheriff. David Clark. I know y'all seen him. I know you seen him on, on CNN Fox News. He's sitting up there like all paused, like they got a board right up there holding his back straight up. And he's talking all nice and proper. And, yeah. <laughs> but let me, and here's a statement, man, that really, really um, let me know that this man is really out of touch with what is really going on as far as black people here in, in this country. First of all, there is no police brutality in America. Now, this is what he said on Fox and Friends. You don't believe it? I, in fact, I think I have um, uh, uh, some of his comments on the website, on my web, the show's website. So if you want to go and listen to what he has to say uh, personally, I don't believe I'm making this up. This is true. Um, first of all, there is no police brutality in America. We ended that back in the 60s. Now, where was he at? Because it didn't end in the 60s. So I don't know where they're coming from. You look at the data and the research, and there's a new Harvard study out, of, out that shows there is no racism in the hearts of police officers. They go about the daily dooley. 
They go about their daily duty, if you will, to keep communities safe. Now, this is Sheriff David Clark. That's right. I'm putting his name out there because he said it. I'm not making this up. This man said it. Now, um, Milwaukee County is divided among racial and political lines, and the city is the most segregated in America. An old racist joke among locals is that the city's 16th Street Vidoc Bridge is the longest structure in the world linking Africa to Europe. Now, I, hey, <laughs> basically, black people live on the city's north side and whites lived on the south side. The same holds true today, although Hispanics are now the majority in the south. Asian Americans make up the city's west side. Whites have mostly moved to the suburbs. Now, you know, and I, I'm looking at that. I say, okay, it really can't be bad. I know that was some of y'all saying it really can't be that bad, right? Now, I know. Because when I first heard this man speak, I'm like, he, he really not. It, he can't be that serious about this, you know. But when you look at the chart for the 10 worst states for incarceration of African-American men, according to the 2010 U.S. Uh, census, Wisconsin. Uh, that's the state Milwaukee is in, y'all. <laughs> uh, leads the group at 12.8%. Now, the brings the, the in perspective. Oklahoma is the next closest at 9.7%. Okay, so that's a plus of 3%. But when you go to the U.S. average, which is only 6.7%, that's 6% more than the U.S. average. And his interest, Clark was reelected in 2014 to his fourth term as county sheriff with a huge push from suburban voters. Now, if you understand what I read earlier, it said uh, who lived in the suburban suburbia. Okay, so who pushed him to uh, another term? Suburban voters, which means county residents, 65.3 percent of whom are white, compared to 44.8 percent of Milwaukee. The city seemed to favor Clark's tough, tough on crime policy tactics. This might help explain why Milwaukee is so unlivable for many African Americans. Consider this 2013. Ba 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 ba. This is crazy. This is crazy. Um, it states that incarceration rates are at epidemic levels for African American males in Milwaukee County, where more than half of black men in their 30s and early 40s from this county have resided behind state prison bars. <laughs> what the heck is going on in Milwaukee, y'all? What's going on? Better yet, what is going on with Sheriff David Clark? What is, I mean, has he just been brainwashed and 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 falling for the <laughs> illusion of inclusion so much, so much that he actually believed this crap? Now let let's be honest. I have you know uh, stated some um, displeasure with certain things Black Lives Matters have done. Uh, I have. But for this black man to compare them to ISIS, really? Say they're one event from becoming ice joining ISIS? This is this is pitiful. And this is the type of stuff we talk about all the way. 
all the time. You know, uh, it's it's just disgraceful, embarrassing. You know, as my dear, dear, beautiful friend Renee say, this is coonery. <laughs> I don't even know any other word to use on this. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is coonery. <laughs> but and Fox News has no problem, and CNN has no problem when things happen in the black community. they the first one he pull up. And he sits there and he says the same stuff over and over again. So he's just not performing for the cameras. I don't believe. Uh, I, I know. But, you know, maybe that's just the way I'm viewing it. And maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what you think about this. Um, 347-838-8622. The lines are open. Talk to me, y'all. What y'all think about Sheriff David Clark in his place called Milwaukee, Wisconsin? I bet this is, boy, how can you call them black slime? And activists must be eradicated. My gracious, good Lord, what's really happening? In, and you wonder why we can't get nothing done, huh? <laughs> All right, I see I got one person ready to talk to me, so let me bring on me in. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? What you got for me? You going to talk or you want me to talk? Okay, whoever it is, they done got kind of shy, so they'll be back with me in a minute. I hear I hear the static. <laughs> I don't know whether they went to sleep or they went to make a sandwich or what, but I hear him. But, yeah, so uh, that's interesting, man, I'll tell you. You know, and, and you usually wouldn't think about a place such as Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You know, you think maybe New Orleans, uh, uh, Oakland. Chicago, something like that. But Milwaukee? Milwaukee? Wow. That is just crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, let me bring my beautiful, beautiful lady in here. Miss Renee, what's going on? How you doing? Peace, Mr. Talk. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> well, excellent, excellent. Um, Come on, give it to yeah, me. I heard- Okay, <laughs> I heard just a little bit about what you're, you were saying. Um, you know, he has to see this. This shows the problem when people say that um, having more black people in law enforcement um, is supposed to mean something significant, um, and it doesn't. And the reason why it doesn't is because at the end of the day, the problem is the system. The problem is not. Um, as much uh, having blacks or other people apart um, is the system itself because at the end of the day they still have to answer to the system. Um, so they can be black as the day is long, but if they are um, if they are not about black liberation and they are not about um, uh, you know empowering black people through whatever position they're in, it doesn't matter. So we can have a billion black police officers. Um, and, and he's a perfect example. But um, the other thing is, in order to keep his position and in order to grow um, and maybe, you know, go up the ranks, he has to show that he is a house nigger, for real. Excuse my French, but he has to show that um, I'm down. I'm down with what you're doing. I'm not going to side with these black folks just because I'm black. 
Um, that's why I say oftentimes black police officers go even harder uh, on black people than white police officers do because they want to make the point, I am not going to be soft with black people, period. Um, so this is all part of part of that whole program. But I talked about before um, how you constantly hear about Chicago um, and how violent Chicago is and all of that and, and black people killing black people and all that. But when we look at the numbers, like, for instance, the most dangerous states is Nevada, excuse me, Nevada, New Mexico, and Alaska. So how is it that Illinois isn't at the top of the list? And then we see here with um, with Wisconsin, with uh, Milwaukee, you know, so we're constantly being fooled into thinking that, um, you know, Chicago is just oh so bad when black people are catching hell across this country, no matter where you are at. And, um, you know, he's a coon, like he's a coon straight up and down. There's no other way to put it. And it's just a sign of the times. He has to show which side his bread is buttered on. And that's what he's doing with that. Wow, you know what? I, I can't. <laughs> you you put it out there. I, I cannot um, um, disagree with you any at all with that. And when you mentioned, I mean, because Michael did bring it up Friday on the show. Uh, do do you know? Would it be better if we had more uh, blacks in in police? You know, law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I was I was watching actually I was watching a video yesterday. Where this black officer harassed this 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 black veteran so bad for parking in a uh, <laughs> handicapped spot. I mean, and it was terrible. I mean, he really was harassing this guy to the point to where he knocked the phone out the guy's hand that was recording Ooh. him and everything. You know, and he just wouldn't leave it alone. <laughs> you know, and, right. and that's the first thing that came to mind. Like, really. Really, this is just enough. And then I think about, uh, remember the, what the movie was, Boys in the Hood, when they pulled mm-hmm. over Junior, Junior and the black cop was yes. on. Yeah, remember that? Yep. So it's not like this is being made up. <laughs> you know? It's mm-hmm. not like this is being made up. This is a reality. And, you know, and if they do, if black officers do decide to uh, speak out or buck the system, they end up like Christopher Dorner. You know, right, right. and eventually they're they going to take you out. If they get the chance, they're going to take you out. Yeah. So, you know, this this man here, and every time I see him on CNN or Fox News, I just, <laughs> you know, it's like watching a game, mm-hmm. uh, game sometimes because you just look at it like, I know he don't really mean that, but he does. You know that is, and, and it said it right here. He was selected. I mean, with the push from um, suburban, the people live in the suburbs, and we as the mm-hmm. article said, you know, that's the white people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they got what almost twice the almost twice the average. I mean, um, U.S. average of incarceration. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, it may be because the suburban blacks too. You have suburban blacks who agree with him also. You may have some blacks who used to stay in these. He used the word ghetto a lot or Fox News, but there may be some blacks who live well, in these zip codes. Okay, I'll well, wait. Oh, how are you? I, I'm hey, glad what's up, you, Mr. Talk? I was, you're fascinating. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, let me go back and find this here for you real fast so we, we can go on and get this clarified. Um, 
Clark was reelected okay. in 2014 to his fourth term as county sheriff with a huge push from suburban voters. Now, let me go back. Let me go back here to where I was telling you who lived in the suburbs, the suburbies. Uh, I got it. I know I got it somewhere around here. Um, let's see. Uh, the city of whites have mostly moved to the suburbs. So, I mean, who might? Who? Well, well, what I'm saying is I heard you. You said 60-40, white, 40% uh, African-American. What I'm saying is he didn't get all of all, Every citizen in the suburb didn't vote for him. So what I'm saying is the, he, he may have gotten a large percent of his vote from African-Americans too um, because what I'm saying is there are a lot of people who have moved out of these, I guess, quote-unquote gutter ghettos, as he say, or I'm just saying, I'm, I'm going to say certain zip codes, and moved to the suburbs. And when they move to these suburbs, their their politics change. Uh, you know, they're not going to be going into these, like Ferguson or where low-income blacks are being harassed. They're not going to get out and pick it with them. They're going to go go home, talk at it, uh, talk about it at work, talk about it with their friends, Go home and watch it on TV. They're not going to be out in it. I'm saying I'm the majority. I'm not saying all. Oh, some do. I would never say all, oh, but the majority right. don't. Even though if they now now haven't said that, no, I'm not saying everyone who gets out of a certain zip code they don't remember. They don't. Um, I'm sorry. They don't. Uh, they forget. I'm sorry. They forget where they come from. I'm not saying that, but you just have yeah. some people do. So so, but 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 I want to say this, and I'll fall back. People were trying to tell me that. When Fox News have him um, on there, that that's racist. Well, Fox News may can be racist, but they're not racist if they let him on there and another black person comes on Fox News and debate him. Two black people debating him or any black person debating Clark, that doesn't mean it's a racist show. And the only thing I'm going to say is he has his points, but the problem with him is is he thinks that his police do no wrong, despite all the videos, he thinks the police officer is clear-cut. It's a problem. And both sides of the argument are not looking at their, or, or what they're doing. Yes, police officers, when citizens are running their mouth to the police officer, the police officer should not escalate the situation. When a cop tells a, uh, 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 someone to put their hands up and the citizen uh, reaches in their pocket, duh, you can't get mad at the officer. So both sides have points. Both sides need to say, you know what, you're wrong, and then we have to look at within ourselves and say, hold up, we need to check ourselves as a community and as a police force. And there's no balance. Both sides are saying, I'm not wrong, oh, y'all right, come on now. So that's the way the conversation needs to start. Um, and, and, and it just need to be fair and balanced, and everybody just need their balances, and just look at the, the police need to police their community, and the people need to police their community. And yes, we need more black officers. Look at the riots in Baltimore. Look at all of the riots in Ferguson. Look at look at who is in the ranks. White officers. You have three and four, five ranks of nothing but sea of white officers. Where are the black officers? You cannot criticize. So having an agenda where we have the young people, I'm not talking about this generation, but in the young people, giving them their minds to be public service workers more 
than than being rappers, than than being uh, basketball players, more than that kind of community. Yes, it's going to make a change for its income. So yes, it, it, it just has to be on both sides, bro. Okay. Um, uh, well, before you go, before you go in, Renee, let me decide real fast. you know, I, I mean, I I I I do understand your point of view. Okay. I, I just gonna have to say I do understand your point of view on this thing. However, however, you know it, it's interesting you say fair and balanced because that is Fox News um, model, isn't it? Fair and balanced, but <laughs> you know it's never fair and balanced. And we, whenever you talking to, whenever uh, Sheriff Clark is on on the air, there's nothing fair and balanced about him. Nothing, nothing at all. Well, okay. I say that Fox can give a Fox does. Uh, well, Fox do bring an opposing but, view of him. You have people debating him. <laughs> that's the because idea, that's man. all you can do. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. The only thing I'm saying, is fair and balanced. I know I can't stand the conservatives and Republicans because they contradictions. But me, who is not a Republican, even though I disagree with that Republican, fair, fair and balanced would uh, uh, would be allowing that Republican to debate me on an open forum and just let it all hang out. That's just fair and balanced, just hearing another person's side. Okay. All right, all right. I think you misunderstood what I was saying, because I wasn't talking about um, a Republican, independent. I was talking about black and white on this thing. And uh, anytime this black man, anytime another black man stands there and says, uh, 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 another black man needs to be eradicated, really? Really? Really, Michael? And, and, and what's fair well, about I, I totally disagree with him, right, because when he says there is no police brutality, he has to be checked over it. That's a lie. There's police brutality. They get fired. They break their rules. They break their laws and their procedures. A lot of them do. Not okay. all, but a lot of them do. Go ahead, Renee. You know, but, you know what I find funny in listening to all facts, or a.k.a. Mike, Michael talk. What I find funny is the fact that we still have not caught on, and this is 2015, we haven't caught on that they will use black people to do their dirty work for them. Um, So they use uh, other black people um, who have these very um, uh, disgusting points of view, and that way they can sit back and their hands are clean. (laughs) Now their hands are clean because we have this black man here telling you the same thing that we feel. And this has been able to come so uh, through uh, um, indoctrination of our people for so long that which we end up producing a lot of times are black, white supremacists. And so they are more than happy uh, to allow these type of black people uh, their platform in order to speak down on other black people. And I find it funny that in 2015 we still ain't hit to these people's tactics. And then we sit there and say that's fair and balanced because then, oh, well, they let another black person come on there and speak. No, they don't, because at the end of the day, they're always going to cut the black person who's telling the truth down. They're going to still uphold this other black person who's saying what they want uh, to hear. And then you have the whole platform itself, which is absolutely racist. There's nothing fair and balanced about it. And the other thing is this, too, I'm sorry, but I am completely um uh, against this whole notion of, of having black people here, there, or anywhere else. Uh, as Dr. Amos Wilson says, black people and black students now are being cultivated to put a black face on white power. 
So you have in 2015 more black police than ever, more black uh, politicians in office than ever, and black people are still catching hell. It doesn't matter if the person black is in power who who is a black white supremacist. So it doesn't matter if they're black. We, We still don't get the point. Very good points, Renee. Very good points. Let me bring uh, Miss Lady in and Mr. Michigan. All right. Welcome to the show, Miss Lady. How are you today? Okay. I've been listening for about 15 minutes. Yes, ma'am. And, um, How you yeah, doing, Miss yeah, Lady? I, Just want to speak. Okay. How you doing? I'm, doing I'm wonderful. Doing fine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I agree with Renee that it doesn't matter what color they are. I mean, saying we need more black this, more black that, more black. It, it doesn't matter if they don't have the right thinking and um, and behavior, and if they're not, if they're going to be afraid to stand up uh, for for what's right. Um, it really doesn't matter. Um, and so, if you look at certain certain people are hand selected. I mean, they're specifically selected because they're going to keep the status quo and. If there are any complaints coming from lower-level employees, more than likely they're going to get rid of that problem, so to speak. Uh, so, yeah, so if you can have black people in positions of power, um, good luck if you run into any um, uh, issues that, that a lot of black people run into. I think you're going to get support from them, more than likely you are not. And you don't get shown the door real fast. And they can always say, well, we don't discriminate because look, we have a black, black person that's the director or a manager. In fact, the, 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 uh, the uh, black person actually uh, had communication with this person. You know, they counsel by this person. So uh, it's, it doesn't matter. It, you know, to me, what color a person is at this point is about, you know, your thinking and how you treat yourself and other people. That's it. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Miss Lady. You know, and, and <laughs> it goes back to something I heard Renee say over the weekend on, on uh, her show, and it, it, I had to start laughing because it, even though it's sad, but it, it's still prevalent today. Anytime you have a, a situation and you know, where there's a, a, a white cop or white person who's done something wrong, the first thing that usually comes out. And it tickles me nine times out of ten is well they have a, a, a African American uh, husband or African American wife uh-huh. like what that has to do with anything <laughs> you know that <laughs> you know okay that thank you for telling me that that's a, just a real great <laughs> giveaway right there thank you now I really know what's really going on so I exactly. mean you know it, it's just crazy but Michigan I know you still here somewhere where you at what's up man can you hear me. Yeah, I can hear you fine. All right. Yeah, I've been listening. Um, you know, one of the things with Renee, and I really do consider her, uh, in theory, a Pan-Africanist. I don't know about in practicality. You know, when, you, when, when you're trying to direct the black masses, um, you – if, if you're saying that this culture is not for them, then that means you're ready to offer them an alternative, right? But if at the end of your rhetoric 
your answer is we're going to destroy this. Now, you don't have, now, and I say you, meaning us, we don't have two nickels to rub together, right? We don't have a military. We don't have any piece of land, right? We have no infrastructure. But yet, at the end of the rhetoric, the answer is destroy this one. You cannot destroy a culture with a theory. You cannot destroy a functioning, practical culture with a theory. All you can do is rival a culture. So you say, well, we're going to stop shopping at the mall, right? We're going to stop sending our kids to the public school. None of that destroys European culture. They just adjust. So if, in fact, you you can draw the conclusion that this culture is not for blacks, which I agree, then what is your alternative? And even if you have an alternative, there has to be steps to walk you up into that whatever you feel like the end result is, right? If it's nationality, place of your own, you don't go from shitting in a, excuse me, messing in a diaper to sitting on the toilet in two days, right? So even if you're going to walk out of this culture or walk your way up into maturity of nationality, there still has to be a plan. But if you offer as a plan, let's destroy this. With what? A toothpick? Well, we're going to pull out. All blacks are not going to pull out. You're not going to destroy the system. But I'd like to hear Renee's answer to that. And I also dig his chance to hear her show. Still has that same confusion of uh, not understanding the difference between white supremacy and white culture. Go ahead, Renee. Yeah. Um, okay, let me, yeah, I definitely want to respond to that. Uh, first of all, you know, when we talk about solutions, I think it's been uh, disingenuous when people put something, such a simple word, uh, such, a, such a basic word on something that is so complex, right? So it's not about having one solution, right? It's about, it's about having many different uh, elements to put in place to move us closer toward black liberation. The other thing is, as the saying goes, free your mind and your behind will follow, right? So if we look at white, <laughs> at white people, for instance, we see just how much they uphold their scholars, we see just about how much they value having media that is driven by their people, that reflects their people. And for some reason, when it comes to black folk, we don't get that. We don't understand that the more you have knowledge of self, especially being cultivated in young black children, uh, the more that you will have black people uh, who, who will then want to use their education, um, all of their talents and gifts, towards the liberation of black people. You don't have to try to try to um, force them into something because they're already coming up with a mindset of being aware of the system of racism, white supremacy, its impact on their people, and knowing that whatever they do, it has to be for the benefit of black folk. 
We keep missing that. We want to overstep it like it's not an important part. When you talk about we don't have two nickels to rub together and things of that nature, we have money. I mean, we're we're like the richest poor people ever. We have money, okay, but the truth is we don't have the mindset to put that money into proper practice into the proper strategy that's going to aid in our liberation. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot overstep the importance of knowledge of self, people, because if you look at the white man, right, and what he's done and been successful at is indoctrinating and miseducating black people above everything else. With him miseducating black folks, he knows automatically that when they do get some level, some little bit of Two, uh, two nickels or whatever it is that they get, they're going to use that for the benefit of white power and not for the liberation of black people. So I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mr. Michigan, um, I, I just had to bring that point out. And then, too, when you talk about I don't know the difference between white culture and white supremacy, I, I think I told you this before, but I hate to tell you, the two are completely linked. Okay, the two are one and the same. And the reason being is that the white man by nature is a, a is a destroyer. By nature, he wants to pull down and destroy anything else that anybody else is doing, right? So when you talk about black or excuse me, white culture, okay, white culture is destruction. White culture is oppression of uh, of other people, especially melanated people. White uh white um culture is uh, putting us down and keeping us in a certain place. So it's not about white. And then if you look at some of the elements of quote-unquote white culture, what is it? Things that they took from us, things that they took from other people all over this planet. So I'm sorry. To me, they are absolutely equivalent. Okay. Uh, thank you, Renee. Uh, before I bring Joe in. Mr. Talk, can I say something real quick? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, thank you, Mike. <laughs> then you can say you can say what do you have to say after this. Um, listen to uh, Michigan and listen to Renee. Um, here's my question: If if this is the case, how do we change? Uh, Michigan said we don't have uh, a dime, a nickel to rub together. We, uh, we already know we don't own any stores, uh, anything like that. So how do we change the situation? How do we change the narrative of of uh, I guess presumed um, rhetoric, as uh, Michigan called it. <laughs> you know, how do we change it then, Michigan? Uh, go ahead, Mike. And then I want to hear what Michigan has to say. Well, real quick, and when I hear Mr. Michigan talks, I don't know. I just hear him talking like he would be talking to his children. And when you hear me talk, I'm very serious about what I say in the con. People might not like the context of what I say, but the meaning, my the um, the content, but the context of what I'm saying, the meaning is very true, and I pass it along to my children. But I want to say this, Renee, I do agree because culture encompasses everything: religion, morals, dress, the state of mind. But some cultures can be divided, and you have subcultures, like Mr. Michigan always educates us on. It's these subcultures within that culture. But see, the state of mind, see, because you just said, Renee, about the mindset. And the mindset of black people are divided 
because I have the mindset that this country is mine just as it is the white man's. When I look at my history, all of the education, when I listen to the Egyptians, the Hotep brothers, when I listen to, when I read the European books, when I read Western civilization history, all that stuff, all those billions of books that have been written, I still, me personally as a black person, states claim to this land. Now, another person would look at all the same thing and have a total different mindset. And I want to say this, I'll be quiet. There is a contradiction when you say that if you can be successful all you want, you're still going to be a quote-unquote the N-word. You're going to still be the quote-unquote um, underneath the white man. You're still going to be this and that. But then you tell yourself or your children to be successful. You cannot do that because it's going to cause stagnation. And what I'm saying is I know some of my people and how I used to be. And some of these things that I hear on these airways will keep someone stagnated. They won't go to school. They won't want to be successful because they could come to you and say, oh, well, you know what? White man just held me back. I can't get a job. I can't get nothing. It, no matter how good I'm going to be, I'm still going to look shame. So at the end of the day, it's how we look at ourselves. You cannot control how other people look at you. You only can really control how you identify and feel to yourself, and eventually it'll branch out. So uh, we just have to take control. And the question that he asked you, uh, asked you, Renee, is something very important, because if you're saying all this, and this is like I always say, what type of government are you? do you want to run? How are you going to, uh, um, uh, when someone uh, commits a crime in your neighborhood, how are you going to solve and handle it? Are you going to go to an African tradition? Are you going to, uh, you going to mix and match with some Western European traditions? Or what are you going to do? Because these are this is the stuff that's very important that people are actually, we have, even in our cities, these are the questions that we have to ask because we have to govern ourselves and our people if we're going to live amongst each other, even if we're going to deal, deal business amongst each other. We're going to have to have some rules. All right. Thank you for that, Mike. I mean, you made some very astute points there. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you mentioned something, and this just – jumped in my head as soon as you said um, about the, the notion that uh, a lot of uh, blacks are still using the excuse, the white man is keeping me down. I think, and this is my own opinion, that that was maybe the thought process maybe in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I think now in today's society, I, I do believe that it, it, that is no longer the case. The, the 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 narrative now, I do believe, is enough for. It, it's time to change it. it. It's time, you know, enough of the of this being treated like second class, third class citizens. You know, enough of uh, uh, you know getting beat down. Enough of having dogs sick on us. And and don't say it ain't true because you see it all all around you. Man, they they quit to release right. a, a K nine K nine unit on you, so I, I think that the, the the narrative has definitely changed. But see, Mitch brought something up uh, good, and Renee did too. And, and my question once again is, how do you change it then? If we don't have uh, all this other stuff that supposedly is needed to change our situation. What, what is it then? How do we do it? How do we do it? By staking yeah, wanna... claim, 
and and, 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 what, and Mike, Mike. But oh, see, here's the thing: if, if we go with what Michigan said, we can't state claim because we don't have nothing to claim. That's a lie. I mean, well, wait, I mean, to me, my mind said that I'm just saying. Okay, I'm sorry. Big, big Mike. Let, let's let so, Michigan go ahead and um. Yeah. Let's let yeah, Michigan, yeah. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, you was not. See, one of one of the things, and and because I I know I know the Pan African rhetoric, I know it all. And I, and I, when I use the word rhetoric, I, I certainly don't mean that in a negative uh, connotation. But I know all of the Pan African rhetoric that Renee speaks of, and you know, you know, going on telling you what what culture is. Um, really, c- culture is nothing more than interlocking institutions. And all of those people in the action areas working in tandem for a certain goal. That's the short form. So, I mean, you know, know, we don't have to get deep with our people. All right. But what Renee didn't do, if you really listen, she still never gave you an alternative. The The best thing she said was change the mind. Now, if Renee knows anything about culture, when you need the masses or a large number of people to act in tandem or in uniformity, you need a culture, right? Now, this is where you build character. You have your schools working with your religious institutions, working with your nonprofit sector, and thus you turn out a large group of people Thinking the same way, it works in every industry, banking industry, insurance industry. In other words, the a certain mind state does not get delivered by UPS, right? They don't do it. Nor does the rain in the sky drop down a certain mind state, and then we wake up one morning and we all got the same mind state. If you're saying we need a certain vanguard group or a certain amount of people to carry the same type of mind state so that we can get momentum, then you have to build institutions that creates that mind state, and you and basically you need to be starting a few generations earlier. So I don't think that's a question that you need to have a state of mind change. But if, in fact, this culture has functioned well, and gave black people their state of mind, then if you don't have a culture that is opposite the European culture to put black people in to change their mind state, then what's the plan? So you're still back to square one, right? Right. You have to be able to match the damn rhetoric with practical steps to move you where you want to go. And here's what I'm going to say, my last statement. Here's my last statement. This is a European culture. However, it does not stop blacks from gaining certain market shares. I didn't say controlling them. I said gaining certain market shares in the public sector, in the private sector, and in the political sector. I'm telling you, other than that, we're being lazy. And people don't know the definition of market share. Right. Market share is very. Market share is basically. I can have five businesses, but uh, they have a big market share. Let's say Walmart has 
50% of a market share. I move in with my business. I'm just hypothetically using or just, you know, just giving you uh, an example. And instead of trying to take Walmart over, I just got 5% of the market share. But I got five right. businesses. So so I got five businesses, each got a little 5% of the market share. I don't want everything, but I still got a lot of money. Even 1% of a market share, and, and, and it all depends on the market, you can have two businesses can give you a lot of money. So, it, so that's let what me we give, saying. And let me, let me but, give you one that's but, even more but, practical. But, 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 but all due respect, I think you were kind of, I, I, I think you may need to reiterate yourself because Renee is kind of right. The mind, everything starts from the mind. Okay, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, no, no. You know, hold on, but everything starts from the mind. So if you're saying that a group of people has to come and think one, it starts with the mind. So she no, is you, right. You, but okay, what no, I'm saying no, me, is, okay, what I'm saying listen, is, some of hold up. Some of the concept of how black people should think, I think it's stagnation. And because okay, that let, because that mind and that thought cannot have any contradictions, and like you say, if we apply, because you want you, but basically what you're saying, Mr. Michigan, and I think, apply your thoughts, and you have to have some uh, manifestation of it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, Something let me, has let to me, manifest, let me, let me be, let which me be means more tangible things we can hold. We can see our goals. We can see what we can measure and how we're improving, and and that's what. But it starts with that mind. She is right. Okay. Let me. Okay. Well, first of all, nobody disagrees that you need a mind state change if you're trying to build a culture or nation. I mean, so see, that's when either you guys are not right, listening right, right. or you're hearing what you want to hear. And now, one time did I say you don't need a certain mind state? Not one time. I never okay. said that. What I said was... I thought you, I thought you okay, said that. Okay. That's not what I, I said, you, brother. Okay, okay let, me, let me give you a practical, one more practical example, and then I'm done. Did you hear that, Renee? You, I didn't hear that. Well, you might, might, might want to go right. Yeah. Okay. A few years back, you had a probably about 250 African-centered schools. This, you, had, you had an organization where you had about 250 African center schools stretched across the, the United States. Okay. Do you know what the purpose of those schools were? They were to build a certain character, personality, and mind state, ding, 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 mind state in those children, a pan-African mind state. That was an institution that was doing that, 20 and 30 at a time. You are absolutely right. You need a certain amount of people with a certain mind state if you're going to move an agenda. There's no question about So that's not even an argument, right? The question is, how do you get a certain amount of people to get a certain type of mind state? Certainly is not by screaming over a microphone, right? This has to be intentionally done. It takes it takes systematic thinking to do that, right? So, what is the plan, right? Okay, let What's me plan? let me yeah. please respond to that, and then I would like to know okay. what is, what. Is, and then I would like to know what is your plan or what is your solution, since you must have a huge one since you are are, are pushing it so much. But I would like for you. I'm, first, I'm gonna answer you though, and then I also would like for you to tell me since 
you said, I don't know the difference between white supremacy and white culture. I would then yes, also yes. like for you to tell me what is white culture. I would like for you to give me um, an exa- example of what yes. white culture is and, and what is it that whites have put out to the world uh, that's been created and developed on their own that, that's indicative of their culture. But anyway. Well, can uh, we hear from the horse's no, mouth Joe's on the line, too? Wait, hold I mean, on, please. He, he, may, he may want to answer that, too, Renee. But but let me also say let me say this though. Again, we cannot diminish the importance of the mind. Why do you think they're putting fluoride in the water? Why do you think they have the education system as jacked up as it is for black children? Why do you think they go through uh, many lengths to keep the masses of black people uh, from uh, learning about certain things, learning about our history? Why do you think? Because they know that knowledge is power. Because they know that once you have the mind, again, the body will follow. I am of the belief that it's going uh, the condition of black people right now is going to have to take small factions of black people who are like-minded, who are liberation-minded, to develop their own militias, right? As you see all across this country, there are white people who have created militias, okay, who have bunkers, who have their food, who have certain levels of training. Black people are going to have to do that in small groups where we create our own militias, where we are educating our own children within homeschooling. It can start out with 10 families. It can start out with 20 families. It can start out with 30 families. And whatever it is economically, that we are pulling in, that we're using it again toward the liberation of our own people. If we look at Marcus Garvey and what he was doing with uh, repatriation to Africa, he, before he was thwarted by a coon uh, by the name of W.E.B. Du Bois, um, and the, of course the American um, um, government, before he was thwarted uh, by them, okay, he was moving 20,000 to 30,000 black families, okay, into Liberia. And these families would then serve as the foundation. And he wanted people who were professionals, people who were um, not all, but many who were nurses or doctors or bankers who had certain skills that he could that could be used as a as a um, foundation to then support other black people getting their minds right and then they're be, uh, behind following so that they would then go. Our people are in a state of mind now of I believe it when I see it, okay, especially when it comes to other black people. We'll trust what the white man says, but when it comes to black people, oh, no, I got to see it to believe it. So because of that, we have to allow our people to see it by developing small groups. And then as we see other black people being aware of what's going on, they may be more likely to join, and thus you grow bigger from there. It's not going to be zero to 60. It's not going to be, you know, A to Z just like that. So let's be realistic about it. Okay. Well, let me, well, can I ask Renee a quick question? No, 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 hold on for a minute. Let's get Joe in here. Uh, Joe? Uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the answer, too, from Mish, because I, I happen to believe that Mish is right. I happen to believe that Renee is right, and even Mike's right. And, all, and you'd be surprised how oh, you all three say that. are. Um, you, you don't like the even Mike? Oh, okay, Mike. Uh, you, how all three are really on the same page with minor differences, but I like to um, I like to hear the solution myself from Mish because a solution without practical steps, which he's pointing out to Renee, is not a solution, and that's not a criticism because I have a solution for right. getting rid of um, of Congress. My solution is everybody goes to the polls 
and just votes independent. But I don't have a strategy for making these people, the brainwashed Americans, the stupid-ass Americans, for them to wake up and just go to the polls and do it. Because even though the Americans, uh, they say, you know what, we hate Congress, we hate Obama, we want our government back, and that's not necessarily a racist term. But they say, well, Congress, disapproval rating or the approval rating is 6%. Disapproval rating for Obama is 44%. Corruption is rampant in, um, in, in Congress, and um, America sucks. But what do they keep doing every two years? They keep what? voting in a Democrat or a Republican. So it doesn't matter what people say. It matters what people do. And I'm interested in finding out what both Mish and Renee would do after they get married to help out, um, uh-huh. you know, because you two will get <laughs> sexual attention or something. Jesus. Well, well, uh, well uh, I'm, I'm already married, Joe. Oh, you're already married? I'm sorry. Well, can I, I say know. something, Joe? I would add something to your formula. I, I got to go down, but Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll Mike, answer that no, in a minute, no, okay? But no, I got to mute myself. No, Mike, you're not interrupting, okay? Because you have a bug in your program, but I, I'll wait. No, I'll, I'll well, I forget about the bug for now. Right now, if you don't mind. Well, I'm just saying you just missed the well, program. I'm just saying you have a bug in it. It's a I'm not letting you talk over me, if you don't mind. Thank you. God, I don't know why, uh, you know, Mike, I mean, I don't let you talk anymore. I don't know. Uh, anyway. You didn't say anything, Mike? Shit. Holy shit. No, I'm just going to expose your vulnerability that, okay. that, that, yeah, that you just that. said in, the, in, in, in your little perfect plan. But I'll wait. I think Michigan is, was next. <laughs> all three of you are on the same page. I'll get you. I'll I think you try. So, yeah. so I'm I'm interested myself, <laughs> Mish. What is your particular plan, you know, for helping out black people, presumably to move away from America, you know, to get away from from white oppression? Because it sounds to me like you're a pan-Africanism, a pan-African um, supporter, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't find anything wrong with because um, I think Renee supports it, and I don't find anything wrong with Mike's idea of if you're here. If you have something like 35,000 millionaires in America, why can't uh, black millionaires, why can't there be more working in the country? Even though the resources and the power are, yes, European, why can't blacks get more power within the structure? So I'm finished. Also, Michigan, can you also please answer what is uh, white culture? Examples of it. Okay, he said he had to mute himself for a moment. I remember that. I'm sorry. He okay. said he had to mute himself. Okay. So let me bring let me let me bring Mays. Okay, Mays. patiently. Um, Mays and Sarge actually, but let's start with Mays. Go ahead, Mays. You have the floor. I'll get you later, Joe. Hello. No, you won't. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Go ahead, Mays. Oh, uh, my opinion with this is um, Pan African and all this other stuff. You get like a plug when you stick a socket in the wall. You plug it into one one socket. In order to to uh, to change all of this stuff, you got to get rid of your indoctrination that you have. That you got to be like somebody else. You got to be who you are. Keep other people out of your business. Stop taking money to be a flagpole for somebody else and get into yeah. a business and prove who you are. Regardless if it's a white business and you inside of it, show them that you're better than them, and they gonna have to do business with you. Not you do business with them. And that'll change a whole lot of stuff that we see. And all of the other stuff where you hear them 
like I've heard this whole weekend, that the black community is the worst community on the planet that, uh, about professional people. That Congress that's sitting up in the, when they voted for Ryan to be the, in the House, what was Mick Romney doing sitting up there? He wasn't a congressperson. So you invest, what are you invest? You know, invest your own stuff in what you purchase. And that's part of yours. But let me ask you a question. It, you ain't got nothing. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask because you a question. You're going to have to do business with people in order to, 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 to survive and stop letting other people uh, determine your destination. Let me ask That's you a question, Mason. What's that? This is going to be the question that Mike would ask you and, and Michigan, I presume he's not here, would ask you. How are you going to do that if there's a mindset where blacks say, Charlie's all keeping of, me down? All of them don't have that mindset. And then the, and, and the other thing, the Europeans just don't know. They don't have nothing either. Once they realize it, they're going to go crazy. Well, white people are broken. They don't have no white more people than don't the, understand. Uh, they don't white, understand that. So what do you expect for the black people to understand? Well, they don't understand. They don't have nothing either. But if you're Those going are the to ones who keep bickering at each other all the time. But Once they gonna, realize that they don't have anything, ain't <laughs> owning nothing, just like we are. They don't have no foot on nothing because they've been gave America away a long time ago. That's then you're going to hear them complaining about somebody else coming here. And then you're going to have us complaining with you. Cut it off, and you will see a change. But how stand will you... Stand up and tell change? them, stand well, up and tell people that look like you, you don't own me anymore, I'm free, I'm not a slave. But how will you achieve right, what you want to achieve? Right, exactly, Mace, because you had some people on this side says we are still slaves. I said, y'all crazy. I said, y'all never get me to say that or tell my children to admit that. I wish the world I would look in the mirror and say I'm that Mace. Listen, I talked to two of my children, and I said, you know, some people who say that we, we are worse off than than in history, you know, 1800s and, you know, even the Civil War, they said, who said that? What's going on? What I'm saying, we can do business Come with on, the world. Come on, y'all. Yeah, this is crazy. Can I finish? We can do business with the world now when we couldn't do it at one time. So we can take another partner and dance with them and leave the partner we got over here behind and do business with other people. And what's going to happen? Uh-huh. It'll be just like Sam Walton and Walmart. A whole lot of people be going out of business. So that's huh. what I think the suggestion is. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that, Maze. Interesting. Very interesting point of view. Sarge, how are you here? What you got for me? Well, what I got for you, how long do I get to filibuster? I get about 45 seconds at least. Well, you, you're wasting time now. Go ahead. Okay, there you go. All right, good. Now, now I, I hear a lot of stuff here about, um, I hear, oh, man, that was quick. Go ahead, Sarge. Yes, uh, again, I hear a lot of stuff here about how awful this system is. European system of oppression and white supremacy and uh, oppression and downtrodden a black man. Black man can't go nowhere because black man. So all of it. I mean, I hear all that. Fine. You know, I mean, great. Yeah, I mean, and what I hear is endless deconstruction. And that's pretty much all I hear. Critical legal theory, critical theory, endless deconstruction. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this without fear of equivocation unapologetically and forthrightly in the aggregate let me say not in every particular but in the aggregate this system under which we live provides the greatest amount of liberty the greatest amount of material prosperity and the greatest opportunity for the most disparate groups of people in the history of mankind now that doesn't mean it's perfect and it ain't never going to be 
but it's infinitely better than anything I've heard proposed here today. I think what's going to happen, when and if they get the little uh, 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 workers' utopias going, they're going to have some kind of strongman cult tyranny with somebody running the show and telling everybody how to think and how to be culturally correct. Because I hear a lot of that here. In fact, I hear a lot of essentially not that much not akin to black Nazism here. Everything is based on race and culture. Culture is the first thing you look to in making a determination for anything else. It's the first place you look and the last place you consider. I'm telling you guys, that is a recipe for disaster. I don't care what the color of a person is when they make their opinion. I really don't. I don't look at that first. I look at what they say. And it's valid- and I test its validity to the timeless truths that I know and understand, the transcendently morally objective truths that I have come to accept. I don't care who doesn't like them. People doesn't like them. Just argue against me. Try why yours are better. You almost never can. There are certain truths that are transcendent. And as one man said best, his name was George Orwell. George Orwell pretty much named all these times who lived. And he had a saying for almost everything. He said, in times of universal deceit, telling the truth is a universal act. Enemy. And it's harder and harder for people today to tell the truth about any goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact. That would take room fit. Now, where's your thoughts? Okay. <laughs> Are you through, Sarge? I'm not through for now. But believe oh. me, I, when I hear when I hear what's gonna come on, believe me, I'm gonna have something to say about it. Cause believe me, I mean, I mean, they, they just throw out so many damn things. I just start taking notes. I just give up. I've got two pages full of notes on stuff oh, I've heard that I, that I prepared to try to uh, 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 oppose, and it's pointless. So I just wait for the next one to come out again, and, I, and I'll tell you why it's too. Because in this so scatter shot, good lord, where do you begin? All right, thank you, Sarge. All right, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> yeah, real uh-huh. quick. Uh, yeah, see, Joe comes with this uh, political philosophical idea, and I'm just saying, if I was following him politically, he would send me. Probably, I mean, it would be political assassination if I would follow Joe. And this is why you have to question people. And Joe is saying that he wants to shut down Congress. He wants to put a halt to the system. That's what he's always been talking for many years on these shows. And his program, his solution to to stopping Congress is to have everyone register as a independent. Well, that's a bug because you're going to have a person who's going to run as an independent, in which you already have two. I think you have two independents in, Cong- in, in, in the Senate at, at this present time, or one. I'm, I'm not for sure, but we've had them. So that's, quote-unquote, I can understand when Democrats and Republicans criticize that appended the uh, uh, independent party because it's just like another party. But no, Joe, the way you shut it down is you have to register like I am. Uh, in, un, in a, uh, you, you're not affiliated with no party. Register as uh, unaffiliated. That's it. That means you're not registered. Basically, they should label that as a voter. Now, can we get everyone to do it? No. Can we get a third to do it? Yes. If you can get a third of the register, just go ahead and change that unaffiliated opinion. We're not even telling people to go and change your political minds. But that'll get the, the, the kind that says, well, hold up. Well, we can't uh, vote. You know, we, don't, we can't, you know, foresee and forecast and tally, a, uh, uh, tally up already registered 
Democrats or Republicans because most people vote on their party anyway, on party lines anyway. They don't even care. That's uh, unfortunately because most people really don't get uh, down and dirty with the politics. So they just go on a traditional vote. They count on that. But if people stop that and say, you know, have the politician thinking about, I don't understand these people's minds. They're not really a part of the party. So what they're going to have to do, Joe, they're going to have to start coming into communities and asking people, what do you want? Because when you label yourself, they already assume what you want. So they're going to have to change the rhetoric. But no, bro, you cannot have everybody register as an independent, bro. You got to be unaffiliated. You said you got to say, "I basically, I'm a voter." And if someone runs as an independent, you cannot title them as an unaffiliated independent. They can just run on that name with nothing, with no title. Okay. That's all I want to say. All right. Uh, I, I was going to make a joke out of it. No problem. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask a question, but I, I'm scared to. If you run it, means you're not affiliated with either party. Nobody, not even independent, nobody. So, right. Basically, they should label that as a voter. Basically, basically it should just be labeled voter. Basically, you're not affiliated with nobody. Okay, now I'm going to say, I challenge anybody and everybody on the line to decipher what Mike just said so that I can understand what he said. No, if you label yourself as a Democrat or Republican, you already know someone's mindset. Even as an independent, yeah, you already know an independent is more on the liberal side of things. There, you, Now, come on now. You can't no, deny no, that. No, I can no, describe no, an independent. No. Someone who is an independent is on the more hey, liberal Mike. side of things. Mike. I understand what so you're they're saying. closer to a Democrat. So that's why I understand when Republicans and Democrats criticize people but who lay anyway, those. So you just have to have an unaffiliate, right, and they right. give you that choice. Can, I want, can Mish explain his plan? Well, Mish not back yet. Oh, he's not. He's not right. here, so he can't explain no plan. So can you explain yeah. your right, plan? So let me, let me address yeah, Joe, Mike. Yeah, Joe, Mike. But, but don't tell if, people if to do Mish that. Mish isn't here. Let me correct you. Can I ask Joe something? No. Oh, oh you're going to ask me something? Go ahead. Yeah, That's a bug in your program, Joe. What if we found a different partner to do business with and just drop whatever caused the problem? and found a different partner from somewhere else to do business with, what would be your plan then? If you dropped the business with one partner and picked up doing business with another partner? Mm-hmm. I don't understand your question. We found another country to do business with instead of the ones in the this one that we have. Since the Congress and stuff we have, they do business with people in other countries. Yeah. Okay. So we get a connection to somebody else and just leave y'all behind where we don't do business. What would happen to you? Don't do business. I mean, you're talking about if blacks had enough power and just said black no, power. No, it's not about enough power. If we nothing did, stopping from power. any black doing business from Nigeria. No one's no, stopping I'm, that. We don't. We don't have. We have good trade relations with right. Nigeria. They're just okay, trying to get some weapons plan. from uh, Obama. I don't so any black person can trade with Nigeria right is, now. White man is not stopping. The question is that you think that Caucasians have more a whole lot of power. Okay. If we stop doing business with them and yeah. got a different business partner, but we didn't even have to look for redlining and all of this stuff to do what we want to do, what would happen to your group? No, Mace, mm-hmm. as long as you're well, wait, on the soil, you, 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 you have probably, Mike. you're going to pay taxes, Mace. All right, Mike. So, so you're going to build this country. Her name isn't Joe. She didn't direct the question oh. towards you. And I'm still trying to understand the question. You talk, now you're brought in redlining and t- um, dropping one partner with another. I said you don't have to deal with that anymore. 
Okay, let's if you say didn't we have to deal. Let's say we, took, we did business with China. Right. And they want to be a bank to us. Uh, Since the uh, bank's over here so crooked and won't do what they need to be done, and everybody won't flop over to them, what would that leave your group? If everybody was to flock over to China? No, to do if they came up with a bank and we went over to their house and did business with them, what would it make your group? What would your what happened to your group? If they introduced the bank here in the United States, and if everybody yeah. put their if, if the majority of the Americans put the, their deposits in the Chinese bank, what would that do to commerce? No, what would that do for your group? For Caucasians, okay. Yes. Well, Caucasians would mainly, if they put the money in the Chinese bank. Presumably, the Chinese bank would be under laws that would protect the depositors, but I presume under your scenario that there wouldn't be those protective laws. So what would that do? The bank, that bank would have a few billion dollars of Caucasian, black, um, Hispanic, et cetera, money, and they would loan it out the way that other banks do. And what difference would that make if the laws are the same? So you're going to have to be a little... Well, since you don't know what I'm saying, if she's very clear, Joe. You can't get to the point, <laughs> he's man. He's bouncing over. Wrong with I'm you. Let I... me explain. So you say that they came, they had a bank, and we wouldn't have to deal with the redlining. We wanted our plans, and we wanted to do what we wanted to do without you, as you think you got the most power. Oh, that, so you're saying oh, without you the business, red line. So if the Chinese loan more money to black people than black people are getting now from Caucasian banks, what would that do to Caucasian society? Yes. Well, it depends upon the mindset. If you invest the money wisely and if you get the goals that you've been talking about, then you would have black people becoming more on parity with white people. Really? You would then that means you would be out of business because somebody else stepped in and well, I mean, they don't have to really. look at you so, anymore for nothing. So, right? No, because blacks are 13% of the population. So what if all 13% um, became... Uh, richer, became very rich. Listen, then what do you think would happen? <laughs> How are going to have a job? Listen, they're going to be some kind of great listen. leap forward or a five-year plan to get every black person rich in the United States? Listen, no, sir. Listen, sir. They must help. realize this: if you're going to be successful, if you're going to improve any community in this country, while you're doing it and while and, and while you're getting to your goal, you're going to make this country stronger. See, if you have the attitude that you don't like where you live, you can't stand the soil where you lay your head down at night, you cannot be you can't you can't be ambitious. Something is wrong. So with the mindset. Yeah. I can't yeah, see how Mike, people can there operate. Seems to be, there seems to, to be me. a profound of lack of understanding as to how wealth is generated in a free market slash capitalist this, listen, economy. I don't think people this, really understand it. I really don't think they do. This was they never set they up. They certainly, increasingly, fail to understand the moral hazard of capitalism and free markets. It's listen, almost becoming non-existent when the right. federal government bails out General Motors. There's well, supposed to be a moral okay, hazard to failure, and we're increasingly <laughs> letting people not experiencing that. Therefore, there's increasingly increasing recklessness in a capitalist system that Adam Smith said the system itself was supposed to prevent. If Why this are we country didn't this? have a federal government, we would be at war right now. This war, this country, this land would be like the Middle East. So come on, Sarge, don't... Wait a minute, no, 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 I didn't want to just say, mitigate against That's having a federal government. 
Did you listen to what I actually no, said? Just like you didn't okay. Okay. If it wasn't for the feds, this would be like the Middle East. Can I say something? Did you listen to what I actually said? I said the federal government is mitigating and attenuating the uh, 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 lessons and strictures of the moral hazard occasion by reckless investment and business conduct, as in General Motors. They weren't allowed to fail. They told us they're too big to fail. We're going to prop them up. So you have a fascist, crony, capitalist cooperation between General Motors and the Marxist usurper in the White House. Well, well, do you, you, and okay, the kind of people who enabled him. Mr. Talk, are you still on? Yes, I'm still here. Can I ask you a question since Joe can answer my question? Say, like, well, women, and you got uh-huh. a shop next door, and a, and a woman came from some other country, opened up a bank since you've just been mistreating women all the time. And and they came up and opened up a bank. You live next door with your with, with, with your goods holding on to it, just give a little bit out to the one here and there, with what you wanted to do with keep corruption and everything going and that woman came from somewhere else and lent those women some money, what would happen to your business? And you couldn't get any, couldn't do it anymore. And she took away what you had. Where would your business go? Your would it business? keep driving or would it just go under? It would go under. Okay, that's all I needed Joe to say. Yeah, but they, you but didn't it was hard for him the, the parking lot. They wouldn't lend to you anymore, and they would take away your business. You didn't say that. But I asked you a question, question Mr. Talk. Hi. All right, Mike. You want to ask me because because he because he's an independent guy. I want to get his thoughts on this real you quick. In less than two do you think the United States government, the federal government, should step in and uh, intercept companies like IBM and Microsoft from trading technology with China? And I'm talking about military technology. Encryption that was like an technology no, uh, with China. Do you think no, the American right? Do you think the federal American federal government should stop an American company like China? Question. Excuse me. I just didn't answered your question. Well, the reason what I say what I said, can I explain why? Well, I didn't hear you, John. Right. When I, I call to do business somewhere, it was a I yes or no. No, the United States government should not allow companies like IBM and other defense contractors to exchange defense capabilities or to give through free trade, which isn't free trade, through the TPP and prior trade treaties with other countries that are our enemies. I cannot see why. Oh, wow. Okay, right. So I'm, oh, okay, now, now, when chi- now, I'm right. Hold on. I, I, hold right, on. I, you want an answer? Okay. I'm going to give you an answer. I'm starting to be okay, a little sir. bit extended. Okay. The thing is, when Apple went over to China, and when other countries gave up their headquarters, not just their uh, factories, but their headquarters to go over to China, you have to ask yourself, China, Russia, and America are at war, have always been at war, whether it's trade or whether it's a cold war, it's always war for expansion. Now, when you go over there, even though Apple took very, very good advantage of what China offered them, China still has the power to nationalize American assets because it's on their soil. So for any country, I mean, for any American business, a huge business in particular, to go over to China or to Russia and and put everybody there plus their assets at risk by planting their goddamn headquarters and their factories on soil, which, because of what's happening now in the South Seas and what, China, and what uh, Russia's doing over in uh, bombing ISIS and uh, humiliating the United States, eventually we might go to war with them, it's a stupid um, business idea, just like it was stupid of the American government 
Do you know who powers our satellites? Who gives us the space engines? Russia. That's How right. And, they, and guess who go out to space thing. together with Russia? America. Americans yeah. out there with them. Well, we're partners up in there. Together. I mean, well, we have our feet in there, too. I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, you know that's interesting that, that you mentioned China because we, uh, <laughs> I mean, those of us on the phone that know that China owns uh, many companies and corporations right here in the United States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, as, as as is as is kept. Um, we're gonna stay on this for about another five minutes because there's something else I want to talk about as well. So go ahead, okay, Maze. The reason why I say what I said would have been somebody else because when you use when you use when you call your phone company, you're gonna get China. Somebody don't even speak English and then you call for other things, you're gonna get somebody that that that, that doesn't speak English and you gotta ask for an English speaking person somebody in America. So I'm saying like, Well, why can't we just go and do business with them? Because we got to do it anyway. Oh, uh, we do. Sign up right. partners. We do do business with China. I didn't right, say I said we did, didn't I? Yeah, well, Congress right. has the power to regulate well, commerce well, among the nations and the Indian tribes that. and among the several states. And that's what they're they they recognizing is their pockets. But I want to say something real quick. Let me rewrite what Joe said real quick. The question should have been is whether they, or not we, right. should have, we should be doing it with China or with Russia. My particular position is free trade is not free trade. When you're trading with a uh, with a country that is um, diametrically opposed to our particular philosophies and values, then we now all you're doing is like if, if China came over here, and if they had their free zones, and if they didn't own our particular trillions of dollars of debt, which they do, we could say just like we did with uh, Gaddafi and I forget the other uh, in Iran, your assets are frozen. So we're uh, right now Apple's assets are for all practical purposes frozen in China. Well, well that's what, what you get for doing business. That's what I'm saying. The other people. That's what I say. <laughs> Maybe we should do well, that. Well, listen, listen, Sputnik caused the United States to but go to the moon. But I wouldn't still free trade as long as our headquarters no, are here in America. No, 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 let me get this out. Okay, okay. All right, hold Sputnik on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, Mike. Hold on. All right, we got Michigan back on the air, and I know there was a lot of questions. Oh, what was he in the other one? I was going to say he but I forgot his name. So, Michigan, can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Michigan? Are you back? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. You still got you got Captain America on now? <laughs> Sergeant America. I was an enlisted man. I worked that's for a living. That's it, crew. <laughs> All right, before, oh, before you get started, Sergeant. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Michigan. Hold on. Hold on, Michigan. Tell me things I got to tell you, man. Quit calling me an officer. All right, hold on, y'all. Uh, we got two minutes and 45 seconds left in the live show. So if you want to continue to hear, you need to get on the phone lines now. Three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. Once again, that's two. I mean, who Lord? It's three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. Uh, we will be going into overtime because I'm gonna change the subject here in a moment. But I want Michigan to go on to get his uh, responses in. <laughs> go ahead, Michigan. Okay, very okay. quickly. Uh, I think Renee asked me to give a practical definition of what white culture is. Is that correct, Renee? Yeah, that was yes, it. it yeah. Okay. Uh, one definition of white culture, which white culture, I mean European culture, would be the development of a judicial system that would be based in British law, Italian law, or any other type of law, based right. off of its customs. Yep, based off of its customs and what it comes up with 
and then to be able to have a system where you can interpret that law and you can enforce that law, like America. An example of racism, white supremacy, will be the exporting of that judicial system and its laws and customs onto non-European people. Let me give you a practical example of that. In Nigeria, <laughs> if you ever look at their Supreme Court, you got big, black, burly African men sitting around with British wigs on. That's a practical example of exporting European culture onto non-European people. What? You got African men wearing British wigs. Yeah. What? Oh, I gotta look this up when I. Oh All right, my goodness! Mr. All right. That, Hello. That, that, Hello. That, that, that's an example. Oh, oh, all right, tell me something. What did the United States do when they imposed uh, representative democracy on Japan after World War II? They had kind of a, a militaristic feudal system before the war and after the war. The United States defeated them, and uh, they required them to change the constitution. And by the way, they've been sovereign for I don't know how many years, and they decided to keep the system. <laughs> Now explain to me how does that happen unless they think maybe it's superior. Well, yeah, because okay, well, you would, you would because have, you would have because to, in the you treaty they to, said they wanted to keep the uh, emperor. That was the part of the treaty. Yeah, you, wait, 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 no, 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 no. The emperor's authority was considerably oh, reduced, oh, oh, and they oh, adopted oh. a representative democracy yeah. with a diet, which is similar. Okay, they called the diet. Well, he was like the queen of England. He had the same rights as the queen of England had. It was similar to that. He still had rights of power. The reason I use the reason the reason I use the reason that I over me. The reason that I use the the reason that I use the example that I did is just for a situation like this with Sarge. So tell me this, Sarge. But wait a minute, you don't answer my question. I don't mind answering yours. I was I was giving I was giving, but yet and still they decided to keep the system that was imposed on them rather than change it. Maybe they think it's superior. I was giving Renee a practical example God, of what white culture I'm is and a practical example of what white supremacy is, which is the exporting of European culture onto non European people. Now let me let me let me tell you why now I use that I example. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There is no answer to that. I was just giving you examples. But let me finish. <laughs> is the wearing of a British wig Superior, uh, Sarge. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you asking him? Okay, let me unmute him. Now. Hey, is, is, the, is, the wear, is the wear is the wearing of a British wig so, by African no, men no, the a the sign of superiority? No, but they decided if you're going to adopt it in part, don't adopt it in part. Adopt the whole damn thing. I don't know why now, I think it's ridiculous. So, 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 so that wait, a minute, is, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I'm listen. I'm not arguing. I'm giving you an example of what exporting European culture is. Okay, so well, tell me something. Okay, okay so the wigs agree- might be a little bit silly. How about right. rules of evidence? Okay, How about being able please. to confront your accusers so, so, and cross-examine them in open court? How about having to prove okay. your guilt beyond okay, reasonable doubt? Right, right, right. But hold up, Mr. Miskin, hold up. There's different... Oh, man. Y'all crazy, boy. All right. 
You're right, right. Mr. Mitchell. Okay. I all didn't right. know that. All right, hold on. I know. I can tell you that. Go ahead and respond. And they talking about going back to Thank Africa. You. They crazy as I don't know you what. Why are quiet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning something new today. I'm right. educated now. Anyway, um, uh, I'm gonna tell my children about I this. I miss. Can you be quiet? <laughs> I missed some of what was um being said. I'm sorry because I had had got off and then got back on. But just to hear the little bit um that you did say, and I guess what you just said about the um wig, you said is that superiority? Yes, it is. Because the wig itself. Is to uh, mimic what type of hair? It's to mimic European okay. hair. It's not. Okay, but Renee, me, but, but Renee, now, on, now you're t- you're on. moving the conversation. Hold you're on. moving you the conversation to another area. No, I'm not. But you're moving, moving the conversation. You said it's superiority. Well, what? No, 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 no. Yes, I, I, I only I only said that to Sarge. But listen, Renee, you but you're hard. moving the conversation. No, I only I'm said not. that to Sarge because he was trying to show you how. You don't have to wear our hair in the court, do you? No, you okay. don't. So it is right. superiority. I'm not moving the conversation. I'm showing you how it plays a role, which was my point all along, which is that white culture is indicative of white supremacy. You cannot, uh, you cannot uh, excuse me, separate the two, okay, because it, it is the white man who has imposed his will on the entire world and calls it culture. So I'm sorry, I disagree. Renee, Renee, I'm about to scare you for a minute. Oh. <laughs> when you have you, listen, listen, I'm, 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 listen, Renee, I'm about to scare you for a minute because no, this not. is the truth. How come they don't wear Renee, I'm, Renee, I'm, what I'm, I'm about to say is going to scare though. you because I, it's going to be the truth, real quick. When you have your all-black society, you may not adopt those oh, Europeans' Lord. wigs, but some, not all, of the Europeans' concepts, because they're different facets of democracy, like, like South Africa. They all, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, I just want to say something. Listen, because there are different facets, uh, uh, facets of democracy, for instance, like South Africa. There is no jury. The white man doesn't even have to me off. What are you talking finish. about? Uh, listen, you mean the name to, only? Let me, let me finish. Fifteen more seconds, like in Africa. They have a democracy, South Africa, but they don't have a jury system with 12 jurors. They just have a judge-type system, but it's still a democracy. But hold up. You're in your, in your society. You cannot deny it's in your brain. I'm not saying you're going to have the total program, but you're going to adopt some of the program, ma'am, and you're going to adopt the European philosophy in some of your society because some of it makes yeah. sense. Neely Fuller, right, who says what? 
white, the system of racism, white supremacy has to be destroyed and replaced with a system of true justice. Now, the where is that is white that, people. That, white people have never practiced true justice. That's they really, have only that's practiced really imposing their will. So don't really, tell me that's a European concept. Let's go to Renee, listen to me very clearly. Listen to me. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Hold on, Joe. Hold on, Joe. Hold on. We we put the change this because we going around in circles now. <laughs> we going around in circles now. <laughs> I see because I wanted to get to something else here. Y'all, y'all, boy, I tell you, we we can continue this Thursday. But um, here, here's, here's something. <laughs> here's something I I really wanted to get to get in. Um. Six questions black Americans want to ask the Democratic presidential, presidential candidates. And not only just the uh, Democratic ones, but the Republicans also. And these were uh, these were black activists and organizers that were contacted and asked to um, and were asked what questions they would pose to candidates at uh, a Democratic debate, uh, debate and a Republican debate. And some of these um, questions are quite interesting, and I want to um, get your Y'all take on it, okay? Um, here's one. Um, if elected commander-in-chief, what policy can black constituents hold you accountable to as it relates to substantially decreasing the military budget, and what social programs would you want to see funded with that substantial decrease? Um, is that a legitimate question, or nope. is that just... Uh, uh, no? no, it's a faulty premise. That's what it is. Uh, why is that such a What'd faulty you say it is, Sarge? It's a What'd faulty you say it is, premise. The question is flawed oh, okay. in its very premises. Why is that? Because for it, 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 premises, it starts from the notion that uh, the military budget needs to be reduced to fund social programs. Uh-huh. You know, you know I mean, you, you, you do know the term syllogistically flawed, don't you? <laughs> why is that fraud? And, and that's what that is. <laughs> well... Well, Sarge, you must say, if we're going to look at the track record of the last years, um, arguing, uh, you know, having a debate about the military budget is not bad because when you no, get no, it's 58, hold up, you get $58 billion, hold up, hold up, $58 billion to, t- look, to arm and train 10,000 Iraqi soldiers, Iraqi soldiers, and they flee from 1,000 um, ISIS troops. That's crazy. And then when you have $50 million that fund five soldiers, the military is wasting a lot of our money, and how dare you talk about black babies okay, and That's crazy. It's always good to have that discussion. $58 However, billion and they ran, Sarge. The military is wasting money, or the armed forces budget is wasteful, does not necessarily translate into the need about, for defense cuts. And you talk about it may or may not. Will you please give me some specifics and then tell me whether or not that is a valid expenditure rather than saying we need to cut the defense budget to expend it on uh, boondoggle social programs. I don't accept that. Go ahead, question. Go ahead. Social programs of those soldiers that went over there and can't even walk. Can't them have them, can't see, don't have arms and legs, and those same social programs should go to them and not to the military budget. Maybe, maybe if the money goes to the social, but they're less likely to get their like legs blown off what are you if they got the right uh, equipment and training. Everybody hold on. I think the, the question is, 
when they say what social programs, I guess that is mm-hmm. the, the key key to this whole question is because there's no specific social programs being mentioned here. So they do. That's what they yeah. do. You know, that, that, yeah. that, 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 yeah. All right. Next question, because it was six of them. Here's the next one. What do you plan to? How do you plan to address Black Lives Matter beyond the viewpoint of police brutality and criminal justice, i.e., healthcare, black unemployment rate, housing discrimination, etc., upon becoming president of the United States? Not a word about abortion. Kills more black people than anything else. Not one syllable. Not about no abortion. Not a woman you shouldn't be. Not one syllable. That's where that go. More black people, 11 That's million black word. babies That's killed since Roe versus Wade. 13 million, rather, and they don't, don't want to talk about, about that. Issue. Yes, God have hey, mercy. Well, to praise Mr. people. Well, one of the, one of the, wasn't, uh, wasn't in a political party, because that's who they went to, those political people. Just a normal person on the street. You know what I'm saying? I would ask them. What? Could you go hug Farrakhan and tell him it's all right for him to be on this, in this, in this America? Can you just go give him a hug? If you're running for president, just let us do that. Who? Well, I well I, I, I'll say this. Well, well, I would say, I want to say, uh, if, well, if, if I any, would say if, that if we need to focus. If any of them didn't talk about putting those funds into uh, uh, increasing the number of black entrepreneurs, then you really, I mean, you really, you just, that's bull, bull crap. Because the housing and things of that nature, all of them are tied to economics. So uh-huh. if, if, in fact, if, in fact, they're not talking about, doing something about the declining number of uh, entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial base in the black community, then you probably won't deal with any of those anyway. But now, very quickly on the abortion, very quickly, very quickly, on the abortion, on the abortion issue, the reason, that's more so of a, a issue that a family cleans up when they get their act together, right? So to say what is the government going to do about a black abortion uh, they're not going to do anything. Not true, the black sir. Communi- no, no, sir. You're incorrect. Hold on. We don't even need no abortion put in there. We don't need to put it. We don't need to put it. Because abortion wasn't even included in that. <laughs> in the no, it wasn't. Why not? Right. Because black lives and, matter and, and, or not. Well, and so because what, when you go what, to another what, country and you abort those children in a uh, right, black right. lives so matter, it don't matter to them in the womb. Yeah, so what happens is the Republicans would rather talk about Abortion than putting money into economic infrastructure. Yeah, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. But 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 see, they run hand to hand because I don't mean harm if a man. I mean, listen, it runs hand to hand. Good lord! I'm gonna just have to have a show on abortion alone. I see that. Okay, so. I, I was the Those are excellent questions to me. That's an excellent question. 
Well, you know, I, I know what the question uh, is meant uh, to do. Oh, he's the question is meant to maintain the dialect. <laughs> That's what it's meant to do. Uh, and it successfully will probably do that because you got these dumbass politicians <laughs> who are going to try to pander to it. The next one okay. Okay. You might be right there. I know I am. That's <laughs> right. yeah. a good question. It's still right. a good question, though. Here's the next one. Prisons are disproportionately filled with black and brown bodies. Once you are convicted and imprisoned, it greatly limits your ability to fully participate in society. This means that many black and brown people upon leaving the prison system are left without the social support and enough options to ensure they don't end up back in prison. What would have to change about our justice and consequence system so that people would be held accountable and responsible for their actions but not make them a parent in society? Well, they won't get an answer. Preventive measurement. You have, to prevent, all, you have to put um, things in prevent. It will have to be taken off of the, um, it should be taken off of the stock market. Um, you should not have, no uh, you should not have the prison industrial complex on the damn stock market. Because what it shows you is more prisoners equals more money. So why then, of course, would you want, you would want more prisoners in the system. It's going to mean more money uh, for the for these white folks, especially out here. So, Renee, can you control your being locked up? Excuse me, excuse me, that's the first thing that needs to be done. Um, the other por- portion of that would be social programs um, that will be put into place to help um, lead black young people um, away from paths of criminality and into paths of having uh, gainful employment and entrepre- uh, entrepreneurship. But that's not going to happen. That's why you have things like the trade programs being removed from black schools. Because you used to have black people who have a, a high school diploma but have been educated in a trade in high school and go on to be able to comfortably take care of their family. They removed uh-huh. that. So now it's all in the hands, of course, of the white contractors. And, um, you know, that's been removed. So it, in order for that to actually happen, See, they want to just focus on the prison aspect. You can't just focus on prison. You got to focus on pe- before people get there. So that means you got to deal with the school to prison pipeline. You got to deal well, with the drug and right, the black right, people. I don't think right. none of the population yeah, is not yeah, 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 right. the question that's running. The question you is that I'm going to answer the question. They're going to flip over it and advance something else to talk about. Uh, two of them that you can do. The 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 first interaction that young black boys who who potentially end up in prison, the first negative interaction they have with the law or pre-law is within the schools. A lot of people don't know that. Being being suspended, uh, being put in detention, and and things of that nature. So now, uh, again, you've got to you you've got to have some more familiar faces, which let's go back to the original plan. You've got to take more market share. Where the interaction with those young boys, they're, they're more familiar faces. The other one right, is because the local. The right. Lo- because Renee, <laughs> your enemy, the white female, is teaching in the black schools. Uh yes, I very well know that. And it's okay, not their fault. But that's not white supremacy. With that, you have to say that even I mean people that's educated, even if you work in a skill. To try to learn and teach something, if it is on the internet, if it is not, it don't have to be a traditional school. But I'm talking about putting, yeah, a, 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 especially that, 
right, but that's not, but that's not, but that's not. I don't think that's the, was designed there, yo. I'm just saying, right now we have the power to be you more educated. For, for for that number, I'm saying in some cases we have to look at that number and say, okay, we have the power to change it. We cannot talk about white supremacy. Become more. You have to talk about have white supremacy. No, Why wouldn't oh, you? That, see that right there, what you're doing right there, more, you don't realize that short thinking process. Renee, no, you don't realize that short thinking process. Say, hold on, hold on. This is how people realize that short thinking. You think they won't answer? You don't think you don't realize that your thinking process has been hijacked by white supremacy, right? Because if you talk about education, you talk about the legal system. We are talking about two areas of the nine areas of people activity, uh, people activity, which are run by who? White folks. So how can you possibly talk about uh, stopping the school to prison pipe, pipeline and stopping mass incarceration without stopping without talking about white supremacy? It's impossible. All right. All right, here's the last one. Black children underperform academically in comparison to their white peers. How do you ensure that that public schools, regardless of the racial and economic breakdown of their their students, provide comparable and competitive education? They won't look at that one either. Mm -hmm. Because they make too much money off of it. Oh, Oh, let's talk about it. Well, use more modern um, technology nowadays. Uh, Try for more creative ways. I mean, people in our inner cities, we just like to, I mean, you just got to find more creative ways of getting the same information into childhood. And that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, we had a situation where uh, the the girl in South Carolina, she was on the cell phone. Imagine she had a computer in our our classroom. Obama just said that that, um, he's going to try to make all public schools Wi-Fi uh, available, I think in what 2020, I think all Wi-Fi. So, mm-hmm. so, 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 what I'm saying is, I'm just just coming with some, some um, you know, some new ways, and you're gonna have to have an interaction with the parents. You know, where yeah, where you can have parents that you don't throw money at any. Of them. Did they have a name by the people that wanted to ask the politicians the question? You say you say you don't throw money at it, but then again, we're giving fifth, but we got the defense no money. Throwing money. You know something? They're not throwing money; they're making money. They're okay. making money off of it, and if you keep on throwing money at these particular, they're not throwing it. They they're making money. How do you think these well, deficits are do? Because of governmental all these programs that they got, they each want making money off. Are there to help the people? But they well, keep Mr. taxing, well, not well, only the rich, but they keep increasing taxes on the middle class and the, the poor, don't have which is bankrupt. No, for profit, no for profit people well, we are making money. To, Plus, you can't under- name one program that the government has made, has done successfully in the last 50 years. Name well, one, we have to understand when it comes to all of them that they have out there. has cost $70 trillion. People are still poor. They have all of them that they have out there in, in, in Social Security. If they leave it alone, it'll be the best successful program that they have, but they won't leave it alone. Well, first of all, yeah, we can leave it alone. Ball. They don't have any money in it. It's IOUs. They do have money in it. It's IOUs. It's not one thing. You cannot go to the school. You cannot go to school and think that you're not going to yeah, I mean, you all really ought to educate yourself. Okay, can I say something? Can I say something about education? Not one thing. But when we talk about the school... Well, we talk it's about still taking school. money from Social Security. They're putting it in Social Security. Sorry. So if they stop doing that, then you can say they They're don't have money in there. They're not putting anything we, into When we talk account. about school and we talk about black children, we got to realize a couple of things. Number one, the black child is superior to 
uh, the Caucasian child and other races of children uh, when it comes to our capacity, uh, the black child's capacity of learning. Look it up, please. Well, how um, do you learn it? Where did you get that information? Can I finish what I was saying? No, no, you got to be specific. Can I finish what I was saying? Can okay. I, the black child huh? is superior. Let us finish. Thank you. The black child is superior to the white child when it comes to uh, how the black child develops. The black child develops faster than the white child. Please look it up. That is a fact. But what happens is you will see once they get, I think, past third grade, you will see that there is a decline there. So a couple of things. The black child is not being taught properly, okay? We have this idea of one size fits all. This particular system is, is developed for the white child's benefit, not for the black child. We keep thinking that if our black child, uh, um, you know, they're not doing this, that, or the other in the class, then they are the wrong one. Our children sometimes need a different way to be taught. We also have to consider the social and biological aspects of black people. It's, we're not the same, as Dr. Africa says. We are not the same. We are different. And the okay. black child needs but a now, different you just oh, that you you was true, you would name me the author of that article. Okay, all right, hold on for a minute, Renee, hold on. All right, here's an article. Black babies learn things faster than white babies because of melanin. That's a fact, and here's my source. Oh, that's not a fact. That's not a fact. That People a, claim that it's a fact. Don't have him over there, Oh, it's not a fact. It's a fact. It's not a fact. It's a theory. Oh, my. In fact, they call it melanin theory. That is theory. scientific <laughs> They call it God. melanin theory. Okay. It's a theory. <laughs> don't have a throat. Y'all thinking like the white supremacists no, are. Y'all thinking like them. Y'all don't realize it, so they don't realize it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Because you are screaming. Yeah, you don't Even say anything about other theories. Right? Renee, you're, Renee, you're, you're coming but, um, with the same mess. Okay, can Renee, I just finish my sentence? Can I just finish what I was saying? Okay. But real quick about that. Renee, Please look into the work of both Dr. Africa. Can you stop for a moment and also look into the work of Dr. Amos Wilson, the intelligent black child? I'm speaking about the intelligent black child. But anyway... Progressing beyond that. The other doing part is that the just teachers. To give a the other part is the, ho- is the home. Yes, is the home. <laughs> we have really a lot of people yeah. under e- economic, economically oppressed conditions with black children. That affects, affects their capacity to learn. You have a lot of children going to school hungry. That affects the capacity to learn. <laughs> then you're talking about them once they're getting to school, they're further dis- disenfranchised. Because you see, um, and this is also factual, that many of the worst teachers are going to be located in predominantly black uh, area schools. They will take teachers who have had infractions, who have had issues, and they will put them back, they will put them into black school districts. You also have that, what, what is it called, America? I can't think of the name so of it. So you said we got but the white leftovers. That's what you said. But where these teachers who have very little experience, excuse me, who have very little experience are put in some of the worst 
school, and like you said, overwhelmingly, it's white women. They have very little invested in black children. They have very little in, invested in the success of black children. So you have to take all of those different elements into account. So now when we come to the account of what are you saying with education, who do we look at? Do we just say black children or do we say Americans? They when used we to look be at what? One. And look where they are in the, with the rural, with education. Where are they, number what? They used to be number one. Well, I'm concerned with black, the condition yeah, of black, they all the condition of black child. I'm not, white Renee, people and Asians, they I have people about, concerned Renee, about I them. I want to tell you that when you were about black and white children, they came out because a lot of those kids came out from a black child who's being more disenfranchised and miseducated than they are. When you read these, what does that article say about how that black Black children have to be taught differently. How should they be taught as opposed to white kids when they're going to, let's say, public school or any other school? How are they? Okay, how are they going to learn? Okay, they're not going to know. They're going to know. They got security. For the black male child, and Dr. Umar Johnson speaks extensively about this, and he. The black male child is often classified as having some behavioral disorder, as having some, uh, you know, he has this anxiety, he has that, okay, where the truth of the matter is. Black boys may learn, excuse me, black boys learn differently than black girls. Many will tell you that they learn better from hands-on applications versus where females have more of a capacity to sit and listen and learn in that way. They learn more by having a hands-on situation. So what you have then is they become bored in the classroom. They become, uh, they begin to wander. Then they get into behavioral problems. And then what happens? They're ready to put them on drugs. They're ready to put them in special okay. ed courses. And then what happens? You have disenfranchised black boys very early, and they are almost squashed down. I'm almost done. And Dr. Uh, uh, um, uh, um, Umar talks about this. The fact that the black boy is squashed down into operating as a black female. You either operate as a black female or you are outcast as a behavioral problem. Well, there's some truth to that. Now, I got to kind of agree with that. There's some truth yeah, to what she you got just some, said. Right. There's, there's overdiagnosis. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, there is overdiagnosis ADHD. Uh, boys have uh, the kind of activity they have because they're male. Right. Really. And, 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 and true. There are many of these teachers, especially these these teachers that are raising these uh, 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 that, that, these progressive schools of educational thought, man, they do everything they can to tamp down males. But it's not just black yeah, males; it's males generally. But no, you, but you know why the difference is as well? Because even if a white boy is in a class. And he sees a white woman, he can associate that with a mother figure, right? He still has some sense of connection to seeing white people but in a position of power. A white You're talking about a black, black boy. You're talking about, about a black boy. He cannot identify with this white woman who well, is supposedly standing here treating yet. him and telling him he is a behavioral problem. We cannot, we cannot uh, dismiss. Those aspects well, as well. Well, we got to start becoming more educated and more teachers and being there. Okay. All right. Go ahead and finish, Renee. Before we <laughs> okay. Ahead. Yeah. We, we, we have to, okay. We have to understand that 
a lot of um, when you're being educated, a lot of it is, especially for young children, what can you, how can you relate to that teacher as well? How can you relate to the information that they are being given? Even if we talk about white boys, right, and we talk about, well, white boys, they, they're boys, excuse me, males too, and males learn differently than females, that's a fact. Well, still, a white boy can look to a white female teacher, and he can see a reflection of his mother in her, right? We always say that the mother is the first teacher. So that right there, to me, gives him a more of an advantage than a black boy has with having so many white female teachers. There's very little way that he can connect to that teacher. There's very little way that he can see her as a reflection, even of his mother or as a family member or someone who loves and cares for him, and that's important. Okay. Thank you, Renee, for that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting how when, when you said that, man, everybody jumped up, and, but it's right there, man. I, I I Googled it just as she was talking, and it's there. It's there. Uh, but uh, something research, huh? Yeah. All right, but it's 4.30 my time, so let me go on and go ahead and uh, um, go ahead and get y'all started on your last words. Um, let me start, Miss Lady. She's been quiet. I seen her. She came back in. She wanted something to say. Miss Lady, are you there? No, you know what, Mr. Talk? You cut me off for about 40 minutes, and I don't know why. I couldn't get I a word in. But that's okay. Yes, you did. Oh, I'm you sorry. And I don't know okay. if, you, if you're afraid because certain person, people are on the line or not. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that, throw that out. <laughs> okay, well, have mic- a good day. Your mic had been yeah. open, though. Your mic had been open. No, no, it hasn't. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. Ms. Bye. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Sarge, you up. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think it's always dangerous when you open the door to racial distinctions in anything without an absolute Solid scientific basis. Now, there may be uh, scientific reasons for distinctions in skill, learning, uh, uh, physical ability, and whatnot between the races. There may be. However, you have to prove it, one, via the scientific method, one. Number two, you must not be afraid to say it if it's true, and that goes for the good and the bad. Don't think you can open the door to a racial distinction that's only going to swing one way, because it ain't. That means other people are going to bring up the evidence, the uh, empirical evidence that buttresses their side to say, hey, these people are inferior. Now, if you've got the goods scientifically, and melanin theory has not been proven via the scientific method, I don't care what you say. I've studied it thoroughly, including that crackpot, Francis Cress Welsing, and Leonard Jeffries, and all the rest of them, and it's a theory. That's what they call a theory. Theory is nothing more than a lesser-developed hypothesis that hasn't been subject to the, to the scientific method yet. It's still theory. Please don't posit it as a fact. Okay. That's it? That's it. Okay, I'm going to do my research on that, and we're going to see. Is it a fact or just a theory? All right, thanks, Arch, as always. <laughs> All right, next up, Maze. Yeah, it's all everything is a theory to to, 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 to Ted Cruz. <laughs> when you don't like you something good about itself, you go to pieces. And when, it, when the question I was going to ask you was uh, those people that asked those questions, did they give a name? Yes, the it name did give a name. For the six questions? Yeah, it did give names. Oh. But well, they should come amongst us and ask us questions so we can ask them questions instead of all this sad talking about the nonsense that they're going around with. 
Because uh, we just looking at them like they're aliens or something. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you want to know know the um, see the questions yourself, just go to HuffPost Black Voices oh, and Huff the questions Post. are right there. Yeah, and the okay. uh, questions are there. All right. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too, Maze. Thank you. All right. Next up, Joe. Maze, nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm reverting back to my. Uh, I don't have much to say. Uh, until next time. Mm-mm. Until next time. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Mr. Joe. <laughs> All right. Next up, Michael. Yeah, Renee, you have a worm in your brain, and it's spreading, and it's racism, and it's hate. Someone sat you down one day, or you must have saw something in life that shocked your mind, and you just have this racism. You're speaking like your enemy. There is now this research is it scientific? You have to look at it. Is it when you do your research on that study? And I'm glad Sarge brought. Uh, I mean, he 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 brought something up that was so important between the fact and the theory. <clears throat> it's still theory. It's not a fact. Really, there is just because other people are different than other people, that doesn't mean that those differences make the other person superior, overall superior than another race. Just because an African or someone from Kenya can run the marathon well, it's because during their in their environment they run for their food, they run everywhere they go. Uh, and it uh, doesn't mean that he's superior than a white man who can climb mountains. In the cold, climb Mount Everest. That's something that they do. Looking at those differences, I'm not going to sit there and say you cannot say scientifically that one race is superior than another. They just have their own abilities and their own environment. That's it. And you're just saying that there's. And if you're saying that by the why does it a change occur in in a child's brain? Okay, right. I know. But what I just said, prove it. It's not scientific fact. And if it is true, you're you're stating the argument for the white races. They say that, you know, or or racist people in general, they say that the African is, quote-unquote, less educated. I don't look at the African as less educated. Just because an African have a, has a wooden bridge in the forest doesn't mean that he's less civilized or less educated because a European makes a a, a, a bridge uh, in the United States, a steel bridge. I don't look at it like that. They have their own technology, their own, their own, as long as they're living and they have their own cultures, I don't look at it like that. And what I hear coming out of your mouth is the same old rhetoric, and it's not going to get nowhere. And I just want to say this, and I'll be quiet. If you're trying to approve yourself in, in, in this soil, you're going to make this country stronger as you go along. And if you try to separate, you cannot deny that some of these things in this society far as democracy, some things about the democracy is true. They did not have this in ancient times. They had pharaohs, bishops, and queens. Yes, we have some facets of that in our life, what they had. But no, that concept of how it's structured, that's not. That's a European mindset. And just like the European can come up with some things 
and and take from some some um, some other people and come up with some things of their own. Other people can do, and other cultures can also do, because this is an interconnected world. It is what it is, and if you don't like it, all cultures make uh, make me who I am. I've probably got some um, Caucasians in my uh, in, in, in somewhere in my genealogy. I speak American. I speak English. You know, I'm from the inner city. I have a lot of cultures in, inside of me. You know what I'm saying? So so I identify with a whole lot of people, just not just my people. So that's all I gotta say, Mr. Tall. All right, thank you, Mike. Always interesting. <laughs> all right, Renee. You up? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um I think that is it's really kind of um I mean I understand where it comes from, but I really think it's kind of sad that we have uh, black people, you know, older than me, um, <laughs> having seen um, more life than I have um, and who are so fearful. They are so, so frightened of even um, fathoming the thought that, that blacks um, and black babies develop faster than white babies. Um, they are fearful of thinking of uh, a black society <laughs> without the um, guidance of white people without whites being in power and, and running things. I mean, I think it's really, really sad. Um, but I do understand that this has been hundreds of years of indoctrination to get our people to this type of mindset so that instead of um, when you hear black people talk about black liberation, instead of finding um, commonalities or finding points that you can contribute and um, to expand on ideas, um, instead, you look for reasons and ways to shoot it down. You look for reasons and ways to try to see it fail um, and try to discredit it. And I think that's that's a pretty sad thing. Um, but the truth is that black babies do develop. I mean, this is a fact. I'm sorry to tell you. I know that. And, and it's sad that I have to say I'm sorry to a black man um, telling him that, yes, black babies do, in fact, develop faster um, than white babies. When we talk about... Um, them being able to sit up in a sitting position with, with keeping their hair from falling backwards. Um, we talk about um, a baby's ability to hold eye contact. Um, a baby to be able to um, support themselves um, in their weight. Um, a baby being able to put put the um, proper shape uh, peg in a proper shape uh, peg hole. These sorts of things and on and on and on. And it is through the American or the um, it is through the American educational system that the black child then begins to regress and that the black child or become stagnated and they aren't growing uh, or they aren't developing, rather, at the same rate that they developed as an infant and as babies. That begins to be stalled within the American economic system. And trust me, white people know this. The, the powers that be, quote-unquote, and the, and the psychologists and psychiatrists and the scientists um, who, who develop uh, the school curriculums and who are who develop policies and all that type of thing, they understand this. They know these things very well. And they would never want to release to the public um, um, and make it readily available this type of information. So it has to be something that you are seeking out yourself. It's never going to fall into your lap um, because they don't want it to. Um, but then you talk about um, the fact that um, things being a theory, right, um, Sarge spoke on melanin theory. Well, let's be real here. Do you think that um, white supremacy, let's think about this now very logically, right? We don't have to get emotional. 
But do you think that a, a system which is predicated on the oppression of black people, do you think that they w- would want to confirm a theory that in fact shows that there is genetic uh, 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 superiority within black people? Do you really think that they're going to go for it? Absolutely they are not, right? But I think it's funny that he wants to talk about theories when much of um, – or much of, uh, quote-unquote, the white man's um, um, education is is theology. It's, it's theories. It's based on theories about things, right? It's not based on facts about a lot of things. Say that about evolution, which was taught in school for however long it was, um, that's a theory, right? So, But people don't discuss that they want to use the term theory when it's, um, when it's beneficial to them. Um, but the other thing is, you know, we we've got to understand that within a white supremacist infrastructure, black people will never be able to flourish or exist in a healthy healthy condition. Okay, because again, the system is predicated on the oppression of black people. Um, it's predicated on black people being a permanent underclass. It's predicated on keeping black people miseducated and lacking a knowledge of self. So that if you have the development of more of those things for black people, that would show uh, that would throw off the balance and shift the balance of power um, from white supremacy um, more in our favor, or or at least in a direction not towards them. So they have to do much of these things are having to keep black people oppressed. And for people, now think about this, and, and I'm gonna be wrapping up. But think about this: if you say that black people are or black children, even starting with black children, are not more advanced, or, or the black child isn't superior, right, when it comes to development. Why do you think that the white power structure has had to use so many different elements to keep black people suppressed and oppressed? Why do you think they have to flood our communities with drugs, right? Why do you think they have to have the jacked-up schools in our districts and they have to redline us and they have to uh, incarcerate us at such astronomical rates and and they have to to push uh, 24-7 negative propaganda campaigns about us for for years upon years upon years upon years and decades and centuries, right? Why should they need to do that? Why do they do that for people who are so inferior? Why do they do that for people who don't have some type of genetic uh, superiority to them. That makes absolutely no sense. You would spend so much time, money, and energy on keeping a people oppressed who are actually inferior by nature. So black people, open your eyes, understand the game that's being played. And again, just to go back, it all starts with the mind. You've got to get your mind right. When you do that, you're automatically going to operate in a different capacity. And that's it. I'm done. Thank you, Mr. Talk. Great show. All right. Thank you, Renee. Always insightful and and full of information, like everybody else. All right. So let's see. Last one. 862. My man, Cloud, what you got for me? I think this Cloud. I don't know. Hello. 862. Erico 862. Are you there? Oh, yeah. I'm here. Okay. I I was blocked. (laughs) Okay, you're breaking up. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay. First, and uh, first, I wanted to thank you for the platform because I think uh, it's very therapeutic for many, many, many people, obviously. And uh, so, so thank you for the platform. Um, I also want to thank um, 
just everybody that's supporting the efforts that we're doing with School of No Walls. I wanted to thank Team Teamwork Inglewood for all the coding assistance that they're providing. Uh, you know, I want to thank Black Detroit, uh, the media company, for all the, the support that they're helping us with on the uh, the media multimedia in uh, Imagine Inglewood with F. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of organizations that's working collectively, and it started with a group of you know, everyday guys, about 50 guys, and then it's, it's just blossomed into a lot of practice. So I'm just, I'm just excited about, you know, being involved with, with efforts that's moving moving us forward both in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. throughout the di- diaspora. So I, I'm excited about all that. Look forward to the next, next show with you. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my brother. And as always, a wonderful job you're doing. Wonderful job you're doing. In fact, we need to put some of that on our website for the show. But uh, we'll be talking about that as well. All right. So once again, an outstanding show, man. I tell you, you know, there's not too many places you can go when you get so much information in such a little bit of time. You know, if nothing else to make you go and pick up a book or make you go and, and, and do some research. To see if if it's what it is, you know, whether it's theory, fact, or what have you. Um, you know, uh, Sarge said it's just theory. Well, it may be theory, but that theory has been, uh, um, uh, how can I say, it? denied throughout history. Throughout history, you know, if you even go all, you can go back to slavery or or. You, yeah, you can go back to slavery, you know, and and, and take a look at, at at you know how things were denied. There was a reason for that. How it was always told that they were inferior. There was a reason behind that. It wasn't that uh, race was inferior than others. One race was scared of the other one because, in fact, they were superior. Now that's not that's not theory. That's just fact. <laughs> You know, that is just fact. Everyone knows when the so-called pilgrims came over without the, the, the brown Indians, they wouldn't have survived. We know this for a fact. That is fact. You know, so, you know, it's easy to say something is theory when when it fits the purpose but I, I just have to take Renee. I have to be on Renee's side on this one because I do believe that's a fact, and I, I'm going to do a little bit more research. I already knew that, but I'm going to do a little bit more research. But that's fact, man. History tells us that it's fact. But um, <laughs> that's all I got to say, man. It's been a great show. I thank everybody for participating. Um, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> As always, y'all talk. You learn a little bit of me from um, false reefs. I don't know who that is, but um, you need to be. Um, if you got them, send it to ericletstalk at gmail.com and um, leave me a message there. Check that out. And um, we'll be back on a Friday, y'all. So until then, it's been fun. Um, thank you once again. And um, y'all have a good one. We're going to take you out of here with some eyes. Hey, for theme from men. All right. 
So until Friday, y'all have a great one, and I'll see you on BTR. I'm out. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.